0: And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But <laughs> hey,
1: my podcast and I'll say what I fucking want.
0: <laughs> Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting.
2: Hi guys, welcome to the first anniversary episode of History of a Haunting. Yay! Anniversary
1: episode! I'm Carrie. Mm-hmm. I'm Archie. How are you guys? Good. Good. Great. Are you ready? We've got an amazing location to bring to you guys today. I tried to pick the most fucked up place, and I think I succeeded. Arch, what do you think? Um, we'll see. Well, you know your history.
0: I did the history. I don't know about the hauntings, though.
1: But the history's pretty fucked up.
0: Well, lots of them are.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's an asylum. So. Well. I mean, the fucked up is in the name. That's how you spell fucked up, right? Asylum?
0: Pen. Penhurst? Pen fucked up Hearst Asylum. (laughs) See, it's in the name.
1: It's right there in the name. (laughs) Like there's no I in T. You just gotta look in the middle. (laughs)
0: Look in the A hole. Look
1: in the A hole. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys.
0: Now that we've got some memes out of the way,
1: (laughs) Meme Corner's done. What, mommy? I'm sorry. Nothing. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, so we have a really great episode to bring you guys. Um, it's a big episode. We've got some EVPs. We've got some thank yous we want to give. Um, it is our 51st episode. We did take a couple of um, hiatuses in our first year, and but we did put also put out some bonus episodes. So this one's episode number 51. Oh, wow. Instead of 52. Oh, okay. But, you know. Um and uh, so let's just get right to all of the fun goodness. Um, Archie, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you. We did a little uh, gift opening and for the Patreons, um, and there was one gift that I was not able to give Archie because I can't wrap it, but I'm going to... Um, give him Chewy. Never you're Let going me. home with tater Tot. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, somewhere Aaron's like, God damn it, that's not fair! <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, I did a thing, Archie, You did a thing? I did a thing. So, um... Of
0: course you did a thing.
1: Of course I did a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, Archie, we were planning, like... The holiday stuff for the Patreons, and I'm like, Archie, what do you think of this idea? And he kind of chuckled and shook his head. He's like, I think it's over the top, but that's totally you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is too. So, uh, yes, so as a anniversary present um, to you from me and for the podcast, um, I'm going to play you something. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Here we go, everybody. Let me uh, get Archie's gift ready to go, and then we're all going to capture his reaction um, as he listens to it because he's listening to it for the first time with all of you guys. So hang on, let me get this uh, going here just a sec.
3: One year since Carrie dragged Archie into a terribly wonderful idea. To start a paranormal podcast with a live studio audience. Can't begin to tell you how fun it is to hang out together every weekend some drinks and talk all things haunted. We're so proud of all the things we've done and excited for what's to come. I think we were possessed by something I don't know. There are many of our cheese snort last. Maybe one too many drinks for a podcast. A hundred listeners would be a nice amount. Ten thousand listeners, we definitely freak out. We're so proud of all we've done and so excited for what's to come.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing.
1: I ordered it from Songfinch. <sighs> Shit. Uh oh, he's He's tuna! That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> You guys are evil. <laughs> That was amazing. Yay! I love you so
1: much. I love you. Thank you so much for doing all of this. (laughs) (laughs) It was a terribly wonderful idea. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, what was really great was... So when you order the song, you have to... um, They want to know your three to four must-haves that you want in the song. They want to know your relationship story, and then they want to know your favorite memories. So... That's I filled all that out in the order form, and then the artist must have gone and listened to the Jerome Grand episode <laughs> because I didn't put any of that in there. The part where I think we might have been possessed by something. That's <laughs> um, <and laughs> all I said was favorite memory is the Jerome Grand Hotel episode. And then he put uh, added that maybe one too many drinks for a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, "He's spying
2: on us." Oh my
1: god. He I, like I, he, the artist must have listened to oh. the episode because he made it so personalized that I was like he knew like he had to have listened to it Um, oh god it was really amazing they did such a wonderful wonderful job that's awesome yes so yay! happy anniversary happy anniversary
0: thank you you? you're
1: welcome
0: god I'm such a bad fellow podcaster (laughs) (laughs) you're making me look bad hopper (laughs) all right to be honest
1: I listen to a lot of podcasts and Songfinch is a sponsor for some of them. So, like, some of these gifts and stuff, like the cameo for Jennifer, mm-hmm. I found out through another podcast that it cameo is a sponsor for them. And I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. And then, like, the gift that I gave Jennifer for her FabFitFun subscription. Mm. Another sponsor, and I'm like, well, that sounds like a great idea. And then um, Christine and gave a song, Finch song to M, and I'm like, well, now that is an absolutely great idea. <laughs> so I mean, I don't like, I'm not, I not I'm not coming up with a shit on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of stumble across it, and I think, well, these are all unique, really unique things. And I thought, well, one year, we didn't think we'd make it three, six months, maybe maximum. Right. And a year—that's a huge deal. I mean, now we've got. Hey, you even got some fan art. We hey, <laughs> we got some fan art. Um, so oh. yeah, I'm making a huge deal out of it because now we have patreons, and now we have. We've met some amazing people in this entire journey, and we're getting—you know—we're we're meeting people in the paranormal industry that are are now promoting our podcast and. It's just been wild, and it's definitely something to be celebrated, and and it couldn't have happened without you deciding. Uh-oh. I mean, you did decide. I might have strong-armed you a little. <laughs> <laughs> a little? A little. Okay. But, I mean, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did say it'll be a fun way to spend an afternoon.
1: It's a fun way to spend an afternoon, and every weekend... I mean, husband. the artist, I swear to God Like, I still have to give feedback on it But the artist just nailed it I mean, and it, it's, Song Fitch is really cool Because you tell them who it's to And who it's from And what the occasion is And then you can pick Like, do you want it to be R&B? Do you want it to be acoustic? Do you want it to be upbeat? Do you want it to be pop? Or you can just, oh. like, design Like, depict, like, the kind of song you want And then you give them as much information Mm-hmm and then they send it to a musician, who then writes the lyrics, writes the music, and records it. And then they send it to you, and they're like, "That's amazing! Here's your song." So yeah, happy anniversary. God,
0: that was great. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Thank you. Yay! Yeah, it's it was it was ama- it was an amazing song, and um, I was super. I was really blown away by it. The artist did a phenomenal job. So he really
2: did. I. I mean. It's really cute It
1: is, yeah It is And I get teary every time I listen to it Because of course I've listened to it like 500 million times (laughs) (laughs) Because now we have a song (laughs) About us And it's just wonderful Okay,
2: Billy Joel didn't dedicate an album to you or anything But yeah Do you think we could get him to? (laughs) I
0: don't know
1: How much does he
2: cost?
1: (laughs) I bet if he heard us he'd be a fan Probably Um, All right Aaron, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently now I've made her our secretary.
2: Yeah, Aaron, get a hold of Billy
1: Joel. <laughs> Aaron, get a hold of Billy Joel. Use your mu- your music industry contacts to get a hold of Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: anyway, so cool. yeah, that's Tater's your last. Still waiting on his jam, by the way. Oh, Tater's still waiting on his jam. Yes, he made a whole bunch of plum jam, and I said I told her Tater would love some. He's
1: still waiting for it. Oh, I totally... When she said Taylor's still waiting for his jam, I was like, was she supposed to DJ a song specifically <laughs> for him? No, no, no. no. <laughs> because that would actually be cuter. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, let's... Let's get back to more anniversary celebrations. Um... We have a lot of people to thank for um, the podcast becoming what it is today. And um, it literally, I think I put on our website that it it truly takes a village for these two idiots. (laughs) And it, 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 it's true, it does. So um, <clears throat> we want to give a sincere round of applause and all of our thank yous that will never, ever, ever be enough uh, to Koi, my son Koi, who designed our logo. He did an amazing job with... That wasn't. We didn't make it easy on him, Arch. We oh, no. suggestions and tweaks. And could you make my hair look like this? And could you <laughs> bless his heart, the kid. Um, so thank you, Coy, for our amazing logo. Uh, we also want to thank Skip, who designed and created and put together our wonderful, wonderful, fabulous intro. Um, got rid of that old, that original intro. Oh God. Terrible squeaky door remember that mom oh yeah 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 so uh <laughs> skip put uh all of his um years of experience and wonderful talent to our intro and um it's absolutely perfect so thank you skip for that we also want to thank you mom for being our live studio audience oh well. Wow. Uh, and you are one of our most popular guests. <laughs> and uh, everybody seems to love the giggle fits she gets into. <laughs> you guys
2: are pretty funny sometimes. <laughs> I mean, we think so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? We like to think so.
2: Sometimes it's unintentional, but
1: uh, oh, we're, we're,
0: we're that's trying the best <laughs> part.
1: When we're trying to be dead serious. <laughs> You're so stupid. Yeah. Um, so, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um, No, seriously, thank you for being such a wonderful addition to the podcast. Um, We also want to thank our friends that we've made along the way and the team at EVPE, Entity Voices Paranormal Evidence. That is a big shout-out to Tony and Cherie and Chris and Audra. Um, We got to meet them through some of our, you know, poking around and trying to, you know actually go on paranormal investigations of locations and they are the wonderful group that um, heads up the Copper Canyon Paranormal Research Center that does the tours of Phelps Dodge Hospital in Aho. and through um, my cousin Vicki and I going down there and doing a paranormal investigation we got to meet this amazing group of folks that has this Phenomenal paranormal investigative company, and they are our. Um, what do we want to call them at this point? Are our technical advisors because we
0: get I, a lot of. I mean, that's that's a fair statement.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of um, guidance and advice and and stuff from them um, that we pass along to our listeners every week, and they help. Uh, they help us less sound less stupid,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is a feat.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's a feat. I think I would have said more knowledgeable.
1: Okay, they make us sound more knowledgeable, but really we're stupid <coughs> um, because my mother had to correct me on that <laughs> so there's that on that. Um, <laughs> we also want to give a very, very sincere and um, heartfelt thank you to Shelby. she is our um she is our fan that sends us our very very first fan art mm. and um <laughs> It's derived from <laughs> it's a picture, a hand-drawn picture of Archie and I. And I've got my head deep in a giant glass of wine. And I'm laughing. <laughs> and Archie's on the ground laughing. And she's titled it Wine Air because that came from the Jerome Grand Hotel episode where you you know what you did. Yeah.
2: yeah. You
1: and my mom I couldn't know,
2: tell me, what did he do? <laughs>
1: You were a part of it.
2: Let the folks know what he did.
1: Okay, yeah. So he...
0: Tell, well, they and they, they know. I have... A, I can't speak well sometimes.
1: English is his first language. Oh, wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Word, but words are
1: hard. But words are hard. That's, that's the kind of mantra and the business motto of this podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: and what
0: I, else? I don't even remember...
1: He kept pronouncing seven times "Jerome Grand Hotel" as the "Jeram Groaned Hotel."
0: Oh, that's it. Oh,
1: that's it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that bro. Yeah. So now it. I remember. Yeah. Thank you so very much. You're,
0: well, should we play a clip? Let's play a clip. Oh no, no. no? Okay. <laughs>
1: um, so anyway, uh, Shelby's fan art is is it comes from that because I was at one point laughing while taking a drink of wine and Archie was like Carrie you can't breathe wine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Shelby thank you very much. It it we love it so much. It is is we that was when we knew we made it, I think.
0: I think so. When
1: we got our very first piece of fan art, we were like Archie I've had texted Archie I'm like, "Oh my god, we got fan art." And he was like <gasps> does this mean we've made it? And I'm like, I think it does. <laughs> so, Shelby, it's beautiful, and we love it so very, very much. Um, so we want to thank you as well. Uh, so many people have been um, very instrumental in how much fun we've had in this, in this last year making this podcast, and um, we couldn't have done it with all you guys. So
0: oh, God, Thank no. you. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm very proud of us, and I'm
1: proud of this podcast. (laughs) So thank you, guys. Now, Archie, you thank people.
0: I will. (laughs) Thank you all for making her cry, (laughs) first of all. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, I I want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Yes, Yes. God, yes. You have been very helpful with your donations. Yes. Of making this happen and buying the wine (laughs) and lunch afterwards because we really need it (laughs) (laughs) because of all the wine (laughs) (laughs) because of all the wine (laughs) let me start with Nancy Jennifer Q, Edward Laura, Marie Aaron, Chris Robin and Emery, Alicia Amy, Sunshine Layla and Dave we thank you
1: so much yeah thank you guys we god archie yeah that for a thousand percent you guys are wonderful and amazing and um we we love bringing you guys the exclusive content and we have so much more in store for all of you in the next in the second year of history of a haunting um, but, yeah, Archie said it perfectly. You guys are, are amazing, and, and you all deserved your own individual shout-outs because you, like Archie said, you know, the wine and the lunch and the... <laughs> um, and also, you know, the reason that we have our Patreon, you know, to offset running, you know, the cost of running the podcast. Yep. Um, and it, it's no small thing to to support an artist or... Um, a, a, a musician or a podcaster in this way. That is, these are folks that genuinely believe in what we're doing and they support what we're doing and they they love what we're doing enough to um, subscribe to our Patreon and donate to us every single month. So, thank you guys thank so much. Thank you so
0: much. It, we it, love you. It means a lot. It, it
1: really does. It really, really does. Um, you are... I mean, I think I said it a couple episodes ago, but you know, they are our, you know, they're our tribe. Our Patreons are, mm-hmm. are absolutely everything to us, and our listeners are absolutely everything to us. And so, yeah, that's all my my gushing. I promise I won't. Okay. I, I promise I won't talk myself into tears again. So. God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I right know. Let's get on to the episode. Um, like I said, very very special location. I really I really. Looked into what location we could do that was worthy of an anniversary, a special anniversary episode, and Penhurst Asylum is definitely it. So, as always, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, we want to go over some EVPs, which we did what? A few months ago, we just established EVPs for our updates and our announcements as mm-hmm. endless vocal prattling. Yeah. Yep, I got some.
0: Oh. Are we ready? I thought. What we just did was those.
1: (laughs) No, those are the thank yous. Okay. (laughs) That's not endless vocal prattling. Everybody needed those shout outs and tears and song. (laughs) (laughs) Let's listen to the song again. It's so great. Anyway. Okay. So let's get to the actual start of the episode. Um, We're going to do EVPs, Patreon of the Week, and then who the episode is dedicated to. Okay. So, EVPs. Last week we did Dover Castle, and Arch, you and I were talking about um, how uh, the Napoleonic Wars, I believe, they were the ones that tunneled through the cliffs to get up under it because they couldn't defeat the bear, what was it, Barbicans. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get past the defense walls. And I had mentioned that Henry VIII had done a similar thing in his battle, and I couldn't remember the name of the battle he had done that in. It was one of the last battles that he was actually a part of. Oh, okay. It was the Battle of Bouillon. That's what it was.
0: Bouillon. Not... not, Like like, the flavor (laughs) (laughs) cube?
1: It was his Battle of the Chicken Bouillon. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it was uh, um, B-O-L-O... U-G... I'm sorry, France. Uh
0: Boulogne. There you go, Boulogne. That's a first name. It's osca
1: My battle has a last name. It's M-A-Y-E-R.
2: You guys can take anything you start and just track it. Pretty much, yeah. It's amazing. It's a gift. I guess it's a gift. Aw, Arch, that was such a great compliment. Cheers, <laughs> please. Cheers yes. clean.
0: Yay. Here we can down. take anything dark and make it <laughs> stupid. Make it stupid. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, we started the
1: episode with Patriots, and now oh, there they all go. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was the Battle of... Boulogne. There we go. That was the one.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, it's in France.
1: Right, yes. Um, but they, they did the same thing. They tunneled through... Uh, the, the, cattle, cattle, no, castle,
0: here we go, words are hard, oh man, wow, <laughs> we cattle. haven't even started the episode,
1: <laughs> the cattle was all grazing on a hill, uh, no, <laughs> they, Henry the army tunneled through the cliff that it was on and, um, set off explosives, so that they could defeat it, and they, that's what won them the battle. This battle, and I was mentioning it in Dover Castle, and I couldn't remember. I wanted to say Calais, but it wasn't. And so, that's my update on that. Okay. Um, moving on. Nothing.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, welcome to history. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten much more succinct.
0: Okay. Have we? <laughs> no. Have we
1: really <laughs> I
0: mean, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Don't pull up that thread, Archie. <laughs> the next one that I want to talk about is, Archie, we were, um, in my haunting portion, we had, or I had, rather, mentioned that there was a residual haunt in the tunnels of people that had seen a World War Two soldier that would walk through one wall of one of the rooms in the tunnels and then walk out the other wall, but that actually, that event hadn't been reported or seen since I think it was the late 60s, and you and I were wondering if residual haunts stop. Mm. Remember? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, again, you know, our technical advisors, Entity Voices, they had their show this week, and then they were also on um, the next night. The entire group was on uh, Strange Oddities podcast, and they did a live show with Tony and Cherie, Chris and Audra, and Ron and Lourdes. And so I asked them, I said... For my podcast and clarification, do residual haunts stop? And Tony actually explained that and said that that yes, they actually can. Um, It depends on the kind of energy that is in the location and if it is continually feeding the residual haunt. Because again, guys, as we all know by now, a residual haunt is an event that is sort of... Trapped and replayed on a loop, so it's going to be the same guy walking through one wall of the room and walking out the other wall of the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not an individual. not or not. A, it's not an intelligent haunt in that you can't stop the guy and be like, "Where are you going?" and he's going to interact with you. That's an intelligent haunt, but it's just the same guy over and over again. And if the energy in that room changes, it the residual haunts
0: can stop. Mm, interesting. Yeah, he
2: can go walk around the
1: walk through walls in another room I, you know what no because it's, that would be considered intelligent like the, the apparition or the entity knows it's aware of its surroundings and the people oh. in it a residual haunt is sort of like energy trapped just like an imprint an imprint yeah like an imprint so it becomes untrapped and it just fades away along. it just fades away the energy is placed elsewhere
0: and it not maybe not necessarily in the form of an apparition. It's like watching a movie on tape over and over and over. And it's over. the exact same thing and over and over. After a while, even sometimes the tape gets too thin; it fades, and it's just done. And the energy hmm. goes somewhere
1: else. Um, so yeah, that was um, that. Is that on that? Uh, which I thought I found was really interesting. So that's all the EV, the EVPs that I have to cover. Archie, do you have any um, that you want to cover for the EVPs? No, I
0: think he covered it all. Okay, so Archie,
1: why don't you tell us, tell everybody uh, who the Patreon of the week is?
0: The Patreon of the week is Dave. Welcome aboard, Good luck and take notes. <laughs> there will be a test. There
1: will be a test. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, I can't believe you said that because I have actually said that to Dave. <laughs> um, Dave is actually, he's a wonderful, wonderful man and I work with him and so I had actually said something to him the other day about new uh, episode is released because he's Patreon and we've released those episodes early and I'm like, new episodes released and there will be a quiz on Friday. So it's funny that you guys actually, <laughs> actually said that. Um Dave, as with everything, I am late getting shit out to the Patreon, so the quiz will be next week. (laughs) And also, there's never a quiz. (laughs) But yes, so Dave, yay, you are our Patreon of the week. Welcome. Thank you so much. We are very, very grateful for your generosity. And And here is a round of applause for you. A standing ovation. Round of applause. What are you talking about? I'm awful. Yes. God, he needs more wine. All right, everybody. (laughs) Standing ovation for Dave. Yay! Yay! Thank you, Dave.
0: Thanks, Dave.
1: Okay. Um, So, yeah, um, we're going to get into the episode, but I do want to say that um, occasionally we do dedicate our episodes to amazing and wonderful people, um, if it's their birthday or what have you, and this week our... A uh, special episode for our one year anniversary This week This episode is going to be dedicated To Janice And Janice Is um, our guest host Jennifer you know mm-hmm. my best friend and yours everybody knows jennifer she uh is the one with the haunted house that people occasionally are like what's going on in jennifer's house <laughs> yeah they're fascinated <laughs> by the affection i she,
2: have stayed in that house I like that.
1: <laughs> 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 but janice is jennifer's mom and janice uh found out at the beginning of 2020 um before coronavirus was a horrible awful no good really bad thing did i say that right yeah, good job. Yay me! I usually have to text Archie and be like, what's that sentence? <laughs> um, Janice found out at the beginning of 2020 that she had breast cancer. And, and uh,
0: this shout-out is because she just found out she fucking beat it. Yes. To the ground.
1: Yes, she did. She really did. And um, she went through months of chemo... Oh, I'm sorry, Tater. Remember? Is all of her petting bothering you? Um, she went through months of chemotherapy, and um, chemotherapy that, that on occasion really kicked her ass. Yeah. It, it really kicked her ass physically and mentally and emotionally. And um, after her chemo was done, she had a lumpectomy, and that was um, on Monday. And then she got the results from the biopsies that they had done during the surgery, and she has no cancer. I don't know. I actually asked Jennifer if we can we consider that cancer-free, but... She still has radiation therapy to go through. Right, right. But, yes, the cancer is gone out of her body. This is a, a major milestone for her. So I want to dedicate this episode to Janice because... And here
0: we go. Oh, you <laughs> kicked, kicked its ass. <laughs> you kicked its ass, She Janice. kicked its ass.
1: She kicked its ass. And um, Powerful women. Powerful yes. Powerful woman. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Um, I, in fact, when Jennifer called me to tell me that her mother um had gotten the diagnosis i was like i kind of feel bad for cancer because they picked the wrong woman to (laughs) fuck with (laughs) she's one of the strongest most badass women that i have um ever ever had the pleasure of knowing and um i've grown up with her just like i've grown up with jennifer and so janice this episode is dedicated to you in celebration of your tremendous tremendous um well, ass kicking of cancer. So, so cheers uh, to that. Cheers, Janice. Which also, she was really excited. Um, they have a very, very Jennifer and Janice have a um, very, very special bottle of wine that they're cracking open ah, for this very, very yay. occasion. Yay! Awesome. So, uh, yes, Penhurst Asylum, the first uh, anniversary episode of History of the Haunting. Janice is dedicated to you. We love you. We are so happy for you, and congratulations! Yay. 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 Okay. okay, that's all I've got, guys. Let's jump into <laughs> the episode. Um, like I said, it's it's a fucked up place, and I think it's more fucked up than Trans-Allegheny Arch. Oh, I don't know.
0: Uh, but I'm. I, I you don't know my part. I don't know your part. He doesn't know so. My part. So,
1: all right. Well, mom, grab your glass of wine. I'll grab grab mine. Grab mine.
2: How many have you had?
1: <laughs> Not many, but they're big glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let's settle in for Archie's history of Penhurst Asylum.
2: I always love Archie's
1: history. Archie does a history. amazing, amazing job. He can't accept compliments. He always gives credit to like. The articles he finds, (laughs) but um, yeah, he has a a really amazing personal, um, almost kind of theatrical way of delivering the information. So, just
0: just the last time.
1: (laughs) No, all of the times actually. Arch the history is one of the is what people really enjoy because they love all of these locations we cover, and we go into more depth of the history of those favorite locations than most shows, TV shows, podcasts. So you deserve a big big bunch of credit.
0: Well thank you.
1: So to that end get going what are you waiting for already? Okay, okay. You, well you shut up oh, no, oh for I me to shut up, up. sorry okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> As stated before we are going to the Penhurst Asylum in Pennsylvania, United States. My information was found on asylumprojects.org with support from wikipedia.com.
1: Asylumprojects.org. that's an actual thing mm-hmm. like what's its asylum content asylum project asylum project or projects projects
0: so they, they do they discuss org.
1: oh so do they discuss like current ones or ones that like transallegany penhars well, all of them
0: oh wow okay apparently there's many I mean it literally it's in the name <laughs>
1: Fa- okay. Well, yeah. All right, folks. If you have downtime at work, check this site out because it sounds fascinating. <laughs> but for now, let's focus on
0: Pennhurst. The Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-minded and Epileptic was founded by legislative acts of May fifteenth, nineteen o three. The look on my mother's face was so offended. I partly wish this was a YouTube show. Right? <laughs> wow. Well, we told you. We warned you. (laughs) We warned you earlier today. Yeah, for a couple of
1: weeks, it wasn't going to be pretty.
0: (laughs) Primarily designed as a training school for the feeble-minded, it became, through change in the legislative act, a custodial... Institution as well. Consequently, two distinct sections are maintained. One for such epileptic and feeble minded as require custodial care, and the second for the training of feeble minded children. Again, this is 1903. This terminology is not current. Current used widely today. <laughs> used widely today and genuinely and, frowned upon.
1: Uh, to put it mildly, if people were to say somebody was feeble-minded or retarded or... Yeah, wolf, they don't
2: use words like that
1: anymore. Well... Thank God. I mean, yeah, some people do. And to those people, I say, go fuck yourselves.
0: Yep, cheers to that. Hey, okay, go on. The buildings are erected on a modification of a cottage plan. He said Group- erected. God, how many words <laughs> of the day can your- we have? A lot. I think we need to enact a Pee-wee's Playhouse Word of the Day thing. Can be erect? (laughs) Can be one. If we use those words specifically before we record, I mean, we think we need to (laughs) put in... So So we'll have like 18 words of the day. Erect is one of them. All the time. (laughs) Last week was Patreon. (laughs) Okay. Today's Word of the Day is Erect. The buildings are built on a modification of a cottage plan, grouped closely together and connected by corridors. They are two stories in height of brick and terracotta with granite trimmings and fireproof throughout. They are so arranged as to provide many small rooms occupied by from two to three beds, a few small dormitories with from eight to ten beds, and a large day exercising room.
1: Um... I figure you're going to talk about it, but uh, is this a Kirkbride plan?
0: I didn't come across any of that.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
0: Kirkbride is very specific, and Mm -hmm. this is not Kirkbride. Oh, okay. Cool. The patients were fed in a general dining room, except for the, quote, low grades, who were housed in a separate building. Initially, a large percent of the patients were admitted voluntarily. Oh. Up to March nineteen twelve, no female patients were being received. From
1: all nineteen people were men. <laughs> I mean they still are.
0: I'm kidding, guys, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> From nineteen oh three to nineteen oh eight, the first buildings were constructed on just over six three three point nine one three acres of Crab Hill in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Why is he throwing decimals at me? He knows I'm bad at math. <laughs> what is happening? Because I'm just as bad and I'm just reading what I wrote.
1: <laughs> so it was on how many acres over without six. the points? Six acres? 633? 633 acres. Okay, over six hundred. She's bad at math, too. She didn't know where the point was. Come on. <laughs> That's a lot of land. Yeah, it
0: is. Uh-huh. And it was in Crab Hill in Spring City, Pennsylvania, on what was referred to as the lower campus. Out of the first few buildings Whoa. constructed, F... A and Frank was the girls' dining room. G was the kitchen and storeroom. H, I, and K were a cottage for girls. N was the boys' dining room. P was the teacher's home. Q, T, U, and B were a cottage for boys. R was a school. W was a laundry and sewing. And X was the powerhouse. P was used as a temporary administration building until the institution's opening in 1918, along with the opening of L and M in the ni- in 1919. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. Oh, just wait. <laughs> okay. Sure. In 1921, Whitman and Wilson 1 and 2 were constructed along with Penn Hall for employee housing. In 1929, the assembly building was complete and functioned as the gymnasium and auditorium The buildings on Lower Campus are currently labels with letters such as F, I, K, P, Q, R, N, U, V, T, W, and X, with names later assigned in the 1960s. This place is so
1: big that it needed to label its buildings with the 26-letter fucking alphabet. Of
0: the alphabet. In 1930... The first buildings on the upper campus, otherwise known as the Female Colony, were completed and colony. named Pershing, Buchanan, Audubon, and Keystone.
4: It Audubon,
0: them, like A-U-T-O? Auto... Or uh, O-T-T-T-O? A-U-D. Oh, O. Uh, o oh. oh. Audubon. Capitol Hill was erected after World War II along with Devon, constructed on Lower Campus. Horizon Hall opened later in 1971. Also, you just said erected.
1: That
0: was word of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember the last time I've said so many single letters of the alphabet unrelated at once. Uh,
1: This is bananas. Mm -hmm. I know you hate that word, but uh, this is... Bananas. (laughs)
2: Bananas.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is
0: the size of this alone. Know, it was mind numbing to read. <laughs> How many acres again was it on? 633?
2: 633? That's a
1: lot. There are towns that aren't that big. <laughs> Woof. Seriously. I don't think Payson and Star Valley are 633 acres.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, it gets better. The patients would be separated by their intelligence level in different buildings. Some could almost function on their own, and others could not feed or bathe themselves. The most severely stricken patients would lie in cribs all day, barely able to move or roll over. The constant attention needed for the patients was a very difficult task to begin with, but when the overcrowding became apparent, the caring living conditions became appalling, as they always do. Always, always do. In 1968, the conditions at Pennhurst were exposed in a five-part television news report anchored by local NBC10 correspondent Bill Baldini. The allegations of abuse led to the first lawsuit of its kind in the United States, a federal class-action suit labeled Halderman and Pen versus Penhurst State School and Hospital, which asserted that the developmentally disabled in the care of the state have a constitutional right to appropriate care and education. A federal lawsuit. The very first. Oh, God. Terry Lee Halderman had been a resident of Penhurst and following multiple episodes of abuse, she and her family filed suit in the federal district court. The suit alleged after Terry had visited her parents at home and was found to have unexplained bruises. Although the case was not expected to reach the level it did, the courts later found that conditions at Pennhurst were unsanitary, inhumane, and dangerous, thus violating the 14th Amendment, and that Penhurst used cruel and unusual punishment in violation of the 8th and 14th Amendments, as well as the Pennsylvania Mental Health and Retardation Act of 1966. Good God! The district court ruled that s- that certain patient rights had been violated. The court's decision, decision was the first time that any federal court ruled that an institution must be closed based mm. on a constitutional right to community services.
1: It's it. Uh, I- <clears throat> Yeah. I just can't even.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an appropriate reaction. Right. In 1981, a Time magazine article described the police as having, quote, a history of being understaffed, dirty, and violent. In 1983, nine employees were indicted on charges ranging from slapping and beating patients, including some in wheelchairs, to arranging oh my God. for patients to assault each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Penhurst State School was ultimately closed in 1987. The 1,156 people who lived there on the date of the court's order of March 17, 1978, moved into small community homes called community living arrangements. These settings supported three or fewer people with 24 hour staffing if needed. This process of deinstitutional. Here we go. Aaron, this DNJ process This process of deinstitutionalization required 9 years and included discussion of treatment plans with each person and family. After many years of determining what to do with Penhurst, Congressman Jim Gerlach 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 Gerlach, Gerlach.
1: Gerlach. Gerlach. Gerlach.
0: Gerlach. sought to establish a federal veterans cemetery at Penhurst in 2003, but the VA rejected the proposal. <laughs> The VA was like, I'm sorry, go fuck yourself. We're Pretty not much. putting our our war debt there. In 2005, the state adopted the Keystone Principles concerning the state's duties to maintain maintain historic property and yeah. to consult with the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission before transferring the property into private hands. Local, local county officials, supervisors approved a private development and Penhurst was sold to a developer, Penhurst Associates, for two million dollars. The Penhurst Memorial. That and seems pres- cheap. Mm. Don't that think?
2: much acreage. That seems cheap. seems like.
1: It,
0: yeah. The Penhurst Memorial and Preservation Alliance was formed to advocate for certain uses of the site. Pennhurst was added to the National Register of Historic Places and Pennsylvania's list of the most at-risk Pennsylvania properties, as well as the International Coalition of Sites of Conscience, a worldwide network of historic sites specifically dedicated to remembering struggles for justice. Oh, really? Wow! In partnership with the Preservation Alliance of Greater Philadelphia, PMPA, Obtained a grant to complete reuse design and feasibility study of the Penhurst campus. In 2010, an organization established a quote haunted attraction in mm-hmm. the former administration building. The attraction is called the Penhurst Asylum and as January 2012 has run a seasonal quote haunted asylum attraction ever since pretty much the group has been criticized by preservationists for the damage they have done to the former hospital such as moving the morgue coolers into the administration building and they continue to perpetuate a bad stigma that is seen by many people about state hospitals understandable woof yeah and that's that's what I've got You. yeah you let it You, you. <laughs> damn you
1: you let it right up so that he sets it up so that I can talk about the worst of it
0: <laughs> don't let him get to you.
2: well your haunting pretty much is the worst of it
0: no it isn't no what leads up to the haunting is the worst of it I didn't even touch on the specifics that's my part but I mean my part is the most awful part so,
1: he rightfully gives me the most awful parts to talk about.
0: I told him, I was like, "Archie, you're not going to like this history? Just no, you. I'm very much not. Yeah, I told him right this, away. The sources I get from specifically leave out the more horrific Am parts. Am I going to
2: want to listen to this?
1: Probably not. Let's see. Let's, Let's
0: find out.
2: Maybe I'll out on the patio.
1: Okay, so we will be right back uh, with... Or
0: specifics of the horrific the conditions horrific. I've discussed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a great job, Arch. I mean I that can't was believe how extremely interesting. Right? Yeah. I can't believe how huge that place was. Yeah. And I mean it is. It's it's really it, like I'll get into more of that in my part,
0: but it, it was it could
2: never be turned into anything positive.
1: I
0: mean, a, it's it's a tiny home project now. I mean,
1: well, you know what? Let's talk for just a tiny minute about the, the haunted attraction that they have every year at Halloween mm-hmm. and how controversial like, it is. Mm-hmm. Actually, what is your... You were making faces when he was saying that. So what is your opinion of of that?
2: Well, I... I don't know. I just think about... you listening to the whole story and you're li- thinking about these people that were put in there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And maybe some of them were... Genuinely to care for themselves, mentally and, ill, yeah. right? And some of them probably weren't for sure, a thousand percent.
0: Some of them mm-hmm. weren't, but oh, yeah,
2: that seems like a so disrespectful to their memory.
0: It's exploitive to create and a Halloween, yeah, it's exploitive, you know, it just and seems like,
2: yeah, cr- it's it's horrible, uh, it's crass. crass, crass, yeah,
1: yeah. That's what a lot of folks. Um, a lot of folks have said and i don't know if you came across it in your research i know that i did in mine, mine the the folks that were like that's gross and disgusting mm-hmm. because people live there and they died there
2: yeah and,
1: and plus it like you said it's it's very um, exploitive of mental health mental
2: illness is a real thing mm-hmm. whether people wanna accept that or not you know it and it just seems
1: but it's disrespectful. I granted, it
2: was back in the 70s and
0: the 80s, you know. No, no even, earlier, yeah. Even, even, even 100 years before that. Yeah. But and people are still exploiting that. And it's very disrespectful. And we talked about that in Trans Allegheny mm-hmm. and in Mansfield and how people are making money off the misfortune I, of others yeah, after, even after all this time. Yeah. And it's here a, we and are
2: Halloween, talking about Halloween's it. a commercial holiday. Let's face it. It is, you know, uh, it is. But to use it like that, you know, is yeah, I think I, that's creepy. I, I came
1: across it. in my research an article that um, was written by somebody uh, who who had a developmental disability, and the title of the article, and I. I, I, I didn't put it in my notes, and I probably should have seen that since now that I'm bringing it up. But the the author of the article said, "Is this how people see me?" Because they were reviewing the haunted attraction.
0: Oh, god! Mm.
1: That must have been a heartbreaking read. It was not. It was not cool. It was, it, and so um, That's I didn't a valid. Put, it's a
0: valid question. It's a too. valid,
1: super valid. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Um. But yeah, so I didn't I didn't put it in in my portion. But um, yeah, it it, it uh, it's a hot topic I think, um, especially in a place like this. Um, and I'll get into again more of the icky gross stuff in my part um, when we come back. So everybody please please listen to this promo for our one of our great buddies um, our buddy podcast uh caleb and the paranormal burrito uh caleb has become one of mine and archie's personal friends his show is really amazing he interviews folks that have had paranormal experiences and i think it's an interesting unique take on a paranormal podcast Um, whereas archie and i and a lot of other podcasts talk about the more famous locations Caleb and his podcast in, actually interviews people that have had personal paranormal experiences. Um, so we are going to be right back. Everybody listen to the promo for The Paranormal
3: Burrito. Monsters D- Oh my, I didn't see you there. You really spooked me. Just like my podcast, The Paranormal Burrito. We're a weekly podcast featuring a new guest every episode. So join us for fun and spooky stories. If you have a spooky story you'd like to share, email us at theparanormalburrito at gmail.com. The Paranormal Burrito, your true stories.
1: <laughs> Hi, welcome back. <laughs> we are recording now, Mom, just so you're aware. Okay. Okay, so stop advising your dog to click your le- baby. Licking his pee pee
0: in public. <laughs> God, God. Do whatever you want, just behind closed doors. In Sissy's room at night, honey No, God no. Okay.
1: Alright, guys, welcome back. We are about to turn the fun dial way down because now it's time for the haunting portion of History of Haunting. (laughs) That's the name of the podcast if you guys weren't aware.
0: Oh, God, is it really?
1: Archie apparently wasn't aware, even after a year. (sighs) Been living my
0: life wrong the (laughs) whole Okay. Um, Not licking my Peter in public public. I didn't know I was on a paranormal podcast (laughs) good lord okay
2: are we all ready Uh, ready when you are CB get CB (laughs) Carrie (laughs) (laughs) she named me (laughs) oh did I I did you did didn't
1: you okay I'm gonna remove the dog from your lab if you can't focus
2: I'm focused.
1: On the dog. (laughs) Why, he's so cute. I need you to focus on the horrible, awful, awful, ugly things I'm about to say. Okay. Cute dog. Yeah, why, he's so cute. Is that your emotional support dog? (laughs) Yes. Yes, Yes, because you talk
2: about terrible things. Terrible, horrible, ugly things.
0: (laughs) Sorry, you're going to need a license for that dog? You don't. Yeah, he's not (laughs) licensed. He
2: doesn't.
1: Oh, for God's sake. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about the hauntings at Penhurst Asylum. and me down. <laughs> I'm about to, because um, I'm going to talk about the conditions first. Because Archie so brilliantly sidestepped all of that in his portion. But his portion. lead-in was good. His lead-in was absolutely excellent. Um, but yeah, he, he, he saved the best for me and the <laughs> great best is the worst. So, um, I got my sources from Ripley's.com. Yes, Ripley's, believe it or not, <laughs> wrote a phen- phenomenal, I was going to say fantastical, but a, a fabulous article about Penhurst Asylum, um, we're New Jersey. The lineup: Wikipedia, YouTube, and Paranormal Milwaukee. All dot com. The YouTube channels that I watched were for Paranormal Quest. Oh my
0: gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Gosh. gosh. Okay, I'll just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Moving right along. And as always,
0: BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yeah. <laughs> um but paranormalmilwaukee.com i got some information yeah that's weird because yeah. milwaukee's not real close to eastern pennsylvania
1: when mr map when you were doing your research and i didn't i didn't do this on mine but did you find out where in pennsylvania is it closer to philadelphia i feel like you said something about philadelphia so i assumed it was just outside i didn't
0: i didn't look it up well i'm also good. Also, assuming um, I didn't look up where Spring City, Pennsylvania is. I think I can. If I think it's like. an eastern
1: well. Go ahead and Google Jen, search that. While I... Yeah, Jen, tell me. She doesn't know either. <laughs> okay, so, um, so those are my sources, um, a, a, a bunch of them. I, I, there's. This place is one of the most infamous haunted locations in the world. So, there were a number of articles and websites and TV shows and just that I could have derived information from. Um, So, I'm going to get started and I'm going to say that that Penhurst Asylum, or uh, what, what was it called? The School
0: for the Feeble Minded and Epileptic? Institution for the Feeble Minded and Epileptic. Yes that place, is uh, today
1: known as the Shame of Pennsylvania. So, (laughs) guest host Jennifer and her family, congrats on that. (laughs) (laughs) Although they live in Pittsburgh and nowhere near this. Um, So, I'm going to (laughs) start my uh, part with a quote about what it looks like uh, today. And it starts with... (sighs) Past the quaint village landscape, revealing the area's colonial roots, urban decay quickly turns over to ruin. Dense canopies of hanging vines thickly weave their way across eroding stone dwellings. Crumbling asphalt soon gives way to an unpaved dirt pathway as the road wound deeper and deeper into the rolling hills of the Pennsylvania wilderness. The harsh, stoic aesthetic leaves an impression of entering 19th century London, as opposed to rural Pennsylvania. Many of the buildings are co- are connected via elevated catwalks surrounding a grassy courtyard, which once played host to a traveling circus for the benefit of Penhurst's residents, as if the place wasn't creepy enough. Under these catwalks are a series of winding tunnels that act as quick routes of egress between all major dormitories and facilities. So... To give you an idea of how it was built and designed with all of those A, B, C, D, E, F, D E F, two, you know. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Yeah. You know.
1: Z. Sorry, I don't know why I paused there for a second. <laughs> I swear, I, words are not that fucking hard for me, I swear. Um, okay. Shut up. <laughs> um, so, to kind of give you an idea of how it looks. Uh, additionally, the building, uh, which was, as Archie mentioned, run down even in its heyday. Today, many of the buildings are falling apart or outright condemned. Faded red brick, broken windows, and collapsing rooftops as far as the eye can see. Have you? Did you see, look at see pictures of it today? I didn't. Really? Hmm. Did you see pictures of it, how it looked back in its heyday? I didn't
0: do that either. Oh, cool. I love it when he doesn't.
1: Why? Because I, I love it. Shit. I, I, I love it when Archie doesn't do shit. Um,
2: <laughs> no,
1: because That's I, I like. Lost <laughs> <it>. <laughs> because I like I like his reaction to shit. Oh. So I like it when he doesn't know. Um, I'm not going to show you pictures because I don't have them yet. <laughs> Coming up. Um, also, several of the buildings have been outright demolished. Now, the most high-functioning components of Penhurst are themselves in disrepair, which, as you would expect, because it was built in, what, 1903? 1903. 1903. The floors are covered in the detrius of long-gone trespassers and patients alike. Looking in any direction leads to views of a window with a bullet hole, partially filled male receptacles abdicated of their occupier decades ago, old laundry bags sagging with moldy clothing, rotting books, splintered chairs, rusted wheelchairs, dilapidated toiletries, forgotten toys, and of course, layers upon layers of dirt and graffiti.
2: Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Why haven't they bulldozed this place by now?
1: Why would they? It's a, it's a historic landmark by now. Yeah.
2: They but can. it's it
1: serves no purpose. Well, you could say that about all kinds of places that are historic
2: landmarks.
1: They serve no purpose. They're not open. They're not running.
0: In
2: two thousand uh, and five, that place sounds like a, a safety hazard.
0: It probably very well is. Well,
2: I'll get to that.
0: But in two thousand and five, the state adopted the Keystone Principles concerning the state's duties to maintain historic property and to consult with the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission. They can't do anything. They with can't. They're not maintaining
2: it very well. It doesn't sound like. Well they
0: haven't adopted any well I mean I'm, anything to preserve it
2: they're not pres- yeah
1: yeah that's accurate nobody's like preserving it they're just not making it worse but they
0: can't do anything with it because it's a historic building Wow and even though it was approved for redevelopment, nobody wants to do that because of its register on historic places
1: uh, yeah it's it's like the valley Ho. The hotel, uh, they, it's a historic. It's on the National Historic Register, so they can renovate and put all the new furniture in it they want, but they cannot do anything with the outside structure.
0: Or they same can... thing with Phelps Dodge. They mm-hmm. can't. T- they well, can't
2: level the building. You know, see, I don't understand that because with about in the case of the Valley Ho, they bulldozed that whole South Court. It's gone.
0: That's not the original building, though. North Court was.
2: That's why that is what oh, is still there. Okay, so as original. Okay.
0: Yeah. Technically they only have
1: to leave one wall. To main oh really? To maintain like the guidelines your, or whatever. In
0: in some areas of the mm-hmm. country they mm-hmm. only have to maintain one wall so they can put a plaque on it and say, Hey Hey, this is original. This, this, this is original is a
2: historical
1: building. Yeah. yeah. So they can't do anything with it. I mean if the building should crumble and fall on its own, well okay, that is what it is. But they cannot just choose to level all
2: of them because they're historic buildings. But could they level all of them? But as Archie said, one wall and still be
0: nope. Not in this case because they had so many different buildings on the property. They're all historic. And here, 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 here. They're all historic. So they could leave
1: one wall of each building, I suppose. I see. I mean, oh, that was how
0: Pennsylvania ran.
1: But anyway, regardless, they can't oh, touch it. Okay, okay.
0: So if it falls apart on its own, then. Well, I mean now it's the ruins of the historic And they can't do anything ruins. Like, yeah. Oh
2: my god, that's a that's just
0: that's it's like, terrible. like England. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like a lot it's of history. historic buildings in London cannot be removed or levelled lest their history be Eradicated erased. and erased. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah.
1: okay. Go ahead. Um, There are a number of buildings on the property because you said it was 633 acres Mm -hmm. that um, some have been demolished. Um, Some are still laying, like today, in crumbling decay. So um, there was actually um, one of the YouTube videos that I watched and I'm going to talk more about their experience. They (laughs) The guy was standing on a stairwell There's so much fucking graffiti in this building. Um, Somebody spray-painted Luke and Leia forever. Oh, my God. On the wall. And I was like, is that... That's incest. Is that, like, cheering incest? Is that, like, brothers and sisters rock? I mean, I... I, That's where my (laughs) mind went. I was like, Luke? And and then he moved, and I'm like, Leia forever. Okay. Um, So there's any number of... um, uh, graffiti people have like, of course, carved their names into doors. They've spray painted them. There's a plethora of pentagrams, satanic symbols,
2: paintings of actual demons, like spray painted. Oh. Um, so it just sounds like something, a place where Charles Manson and his family would have set up home. Um, I
0: no, oh, I think they had better taste. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. infiltrate. Los Angeles rich well, I'm sure people. They songs.
2: Hills,
0: but, you know. I mean, yeah. But anyway, um, um,
1: yeah, so I mean, it's, I mean, I'll go into more about how it looks. It's not pleasant. So, um, as Archie mentioned in his history, it was conceived as a state funded and operated facility to house any individual deemed, quote, feeble minded and thus unable to function in normal society. This included physically and mentally disabled persons, individuals with abnormalities, physical or psychological, and mute, deaf, and blind people. It also included those with quote offensive habits and quote imperfect speech.
0: Oh God! Well, we'd all be there. We I mean, were all there, right,
1: uh, coming to you live from next to Silence. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, yeah. Uh, so people that had like, I mean, back back when it was f- first opened and and, and operating, it, they didn't have ADHD. They didn't have when, OCD. When was this?
2: Now that it. Nineteen oh three. Nineteen oh
1: three. They didn't have any of that. They didn't have autism. They didn't have a firm grasp on epilepsy. Well, they
0: didn't really have a diagnosis for all of these. A lot of these.
2: yeah,
1: most mm-hmm. of them yeah. Um. So yeah, offensive <laughs> habits and imperfect speech. Carrie, Archie, and Nancy. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we can laugh about it because it's not true. <laughs> it's not still open and existing. Um, when admitted, patients were classified physically as, e- as either imbecile or insane, classified mentally as healthy or epileptic, and classified it dentally as having teeth either good, poor, or treated.
0: Yeah, I read that.
1: Yeah, that's classism at that its is best. finest. Uh, as time went on, the institution would be pressured to house and hold immigrants, criminals, and orphans. It became the solution for ridding society of all quote undesirables. So, apparently back then... Orphans were
2: considered undesirable?
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently. I mean, if their parents nope. didn't want them, there must have been something
2: wrong with them, so... Or, their or if their parents, parents died, died, and they had no other
1: family. They had no one to take them. care of them. It was the same story with Trans-Allegheny. I yeah.
2: mean,
1: you had too much whiskey, and you could get sent to the <laughs> asylum. It was ridiculous. So, back then... It was a collective fear of the other, quote, other, that created the need for a place like Penhurst. In 1913, legislature created a commission for the care of the feeble-minded, which declared that disabled individuals were both, quote, unfit for citizenship and a, quote, menace to the peace. It called for such people to be taken into custodial care by government, Or by the government, not just by any random government.
3: (laughs) Russia, come get these people. people. Yeah,
1: Um, This serves to keep disabled people away from the general population for everyone's, quote, safety, as well as to keep them from reproducing. In short, the staff at Penhurst also practice eugenics there. So, eugenics... Is the philosophy and a social movement, which is gross barf and makes me want to. Pfft, but, <laughs> social movement that argues that it is possible to improve the human race and society by encouraging reproduction by people or populations with, quote, desirable traits, termed positive eugenics, and discouraging reproduction by people with, quote, undesirable qualities, termed negative eugenics.
0: Hmm. Sounds familiar.
1: I mean, Hitler, raise your hand.
0: Mm. It,
1: um, excuse my throat.
0: Was that your throat? That was
1: me. Gurgled. Oh God! <laughs> I thought it
0: might have been my stomach. <laughs>
1: oh, excuse Archie's stomach.
0: You're right. It was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> so, in
1: 1913, the legislature appointed a commission for the care of the feeble-minded. Like, like I mentioned <laughs> earlier, which stated that the disabled were unfit for citizenship and posed a menace to the peace and thus recommended a program of custodial care. Furthermore, ugh, this part, the commission desired to prevent the intermixing of the genes of those imprisoned with the general population. In the biennial report to the legislature submitted by the Board of Trustees, Penhurst's chief physician quoted Henry H. Goddard, a leading eugenicist, as follows, quote, and I just hate this whole sentence and paragraph he said every feeble minded person is a potential criminal the general public although more convinced today than ever before that it is a good thing to segregate the idiot or the distinct imbecile they have not as yet been convinced as to the proper treatment of the defective delinquent which is the brighter and more dangerous individual barf
2: gross oh, Yuck. God. uh huh I wonder if this country's in the shape that it's in. This goes on from what... Oh. It,
1: wow, I'm sorry. Kicking... Uh, it's a tiny space today. We've got a lot of folks in the studio recording. Uh, oh, and Taylor's ear flaps. <laughs> um, you're right, though, Mom. I mean, it... it but then there, there has to be a, a certain amount of... Leeway, I guess, Archer. Understanding in that in nineteen oh three they did not know
0: They didn't. They didn't, yes. they but didn't know
1: this place lasted till when? Eighty seven? Ninety? Yeah, eighty seven. Eighty seven. So they did know then, but let me get into that. Anyway. So the patients were often called by the staff children, regardless of if they actually were children or not. That's how the patients referred to them as the little children. So to that end, let's talk about the documentary called Suffer the Little Children.
0: Oh, no, is that about this. Mhm.
1: Oh. You, yeah, that so you had mentioned briefly that this is the exposé that uh, Bill Baldini had done. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that documentary. I've
2: heard of that.
1: Yes. Mhm. Uh, it was in 1968 and it was in, it well, let's get into it. So, Bill Baldini's expose, Suffer the Little Children, on Pennhurst, was the first that most people had even heard of the institution. Like, they didn't even know it fucking existed. Right. Um, Many were appalled after it aired, and I believe it
0: was, what, a five-part, five-night? Five-part television news report. Yes.
2: This was in what year? 68. Okay, well, there was no internet, so people didn't find out stuff as quickly. Right, as they do now. So just
1: kind of imagine for a minute a five-part documentary on this place. On the local news. In 1968. (sighs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So many were appalled by the images they saw on their TV sets, including individuals chained to adult-sized cribs and children in cages. Bill Baldini was a young reporter for the local Channel 10 television station when he got a tip and made it out to Chester County to see the institution. He soon returned with a camera crew. Archie, did you watch this when I did not I saw it several years ago, and it was for it was appalling five years ago. Yeah. so I cannot imagine what the American public must have thought when in they the saw 1960s? it in the uh, '60s? exactly. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. They probably wouldn't have believed it. They probably wouldn't but. That's what led to the lawsuit Mm
0: -hmm. that I discussed.
1: So, um, the series aired on a local television in Philadelphia in 1968. The reports showed images of naked, emaciated residents swaying back and forth to their own internal rhythms or curled up in balls. The children were tied to their beds. To this day, Baldini cannot forget. He says, quote, Think of a ward of infants and children from the ages of six months to five years old. There are 80 of them in metal cages. They had to attend to them every day, all day. These people were literally lying in their own feces for days. These children. <laughs> Told ya! I don't bring the fun.
2: <laughs> you know, I...
1: She's getting ready to quit, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> She's quitting.
2: Uh, I... Yeah. <laughs> this my notice. Live <laughs> TV audience can't handle
1: this. Can't it? Yeah. So, um... Doctor Jesse G. Fear. Doctor Fear. Doctor Fear. Doctor Fear. That was nice. Actual name. Penhurst held a long history of misconduct, and Archie, you you touched on that a little bit. I think we are all very well aware. That um, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. We talked about that in depth of mm-hmm. the different abuses and air quote <laughs> treatments that the patients got. Mm-hmm. It was the same at Penhurst. Yep. Um, was Trans Allegheny. Trans Allegheny was in West Virginia. No, Virginia. Waverly Hills was in West Virginia. And they're all, shockingly, not far away from one another. And they're very close to Raleigh.
2: (laughs) Oh, dear God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yay!
4: Cheers, (laughs) please!
1: (laughs) For instance, one seldom-used punishment saw the removal of a patient's teeth if they were labeled as a biter. Years after it closed... Visitors to the asylum, to this day, still find teeth in the tunnels.
0: Ugh.
1: However, there's... It sounds like an upside, but it's really not. Uh, No employee's cruelty has been well-documented, as well-documented, rather, as that of Dr. Jesse G. Fear. Two years after being narrowly acquitted... For dispensing a dangerous drug to patients at Penhurst, Doctor Fear showcased the human propensity toward corruption when he casually admitted to Bill Baldini his abominable methods of behavioral correction. Resident head physician of Penhurst, during the production of *Suffer the Little Children*, Doctor Fear nonchalantly detailed his disturbing practice of quote downgrading. I don't like where this is going. You're not
2: going to. I don't either.
1: You're not going to. According to Dr. Fear, this punishment was construed to, quote, offend the dignity of patients with behavioral issues by placing patients with normal or marginally subnormal IQs in wards designated for the profoundly mentally challenged. Dr. Fear's aim was for this to cause a sense of isolation and ridicule from the patient's peers humbling them into submission speaking to a child who has seen who was seen as a troublemaker and forced to endure these cruel exploits Baldini learned that aside from mental anguish it also led to developmental regression so he was taking some of the more high functioning patients that were the more um the the more... Well, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, the ones that were acting out. Mm-hmm. And as a punishment, putting them in wards with very severely mentally ill people. Which then would lead to the patient's peers, the rest of the high-functioning group, into thinking that they were essentially to be crass, just as crazy as the people in the uh, the higher... The, oh, okay. So then they would get made fun of. They would get bullied. And it would... Be this doctor considered that to, to be a method of downgrading so that you would stop acting out, you would stop talking back, you would stop doing all this stuff. Because now you're being treated by your peers as somebody who is really crazy and stupid and, you know...
2: Undesirable.
1: Exactly. So, um, yeah. yeah. But... When Bill Baldini interviewed these patients, he found that it was actually contributing to developmental regression mm-hmm. in these otherwise high-functioning patients, or at least they were when they, before, before. he sent them yeah. to these wards. So another device that was employed by Dr. Fear toward a misbehaving patient was administering quote, the most painful injection available that wouldn't do any harm to the patient. He was callously indifferent to the torture, um, and apparently Dr. Fear finished recounting his methodology with a grin, um, with Baldini saying he really hit the ceiling over that. Like, he thought this was just the coolest thing since sliced bread. For this act, Dr. Fear faced a 30-day unpaid suspension from Penhurst. Any further repercussions or acts of abuse conducted by Doctor Fear have since been lost to time. No, oh, of course.
2: Right? God. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's that's that.
1: Exactly. So, um, here are some quotes from the documentary "Suffer the Little Children." They are all from Bill Baldini. He has said, "Quote: Many of these children have always been without the benefit of parental love or guidance." they have been abandoned and placed at the mercy of the state in the case of penhurst the state has failed to do its moral duty he goes on to say the ones that speak detest the inhumane conditions and hunger for the slightest sign of affection however some of them have become so callous to their plight they've all but given up they're alone alone in a world that seems to lack all compassion and finally many others rot in silence in their stench-filled overcrowded cottages While some children are afforded the opportunity to go on a picnic and bask in the sun, others lie awake in their beds, shackled like prisoners, punished because they cannot control themselves and their illness. So That's horrifying. It's... And it... I mean, I'm serious, you guys. If you were to watch this documentary, again, 1968, there's a lot of, you know, censor laws. There's a lot of... But this is one of the most horrifying... Things I've ever seen, and it was filmed in you the,
2: the, the video? i I've
1: watched the whole thing. Oh, you yeah. have. And he does. He him and his crew film patients that are actually chained to beds, that are skin and bone, that are just they're naked and they're just rolling around on this bed in their own urine, in their own feces, and there's walls of them lined up, walls, rows and rows and rows of these people. Um. So, so, the fallout from Bill Baldini's study was immense Public outcry led to more than just the suspension of Dr. Fear Originally asking for $4 million for desperately needed infrastructure improvements, additional staff, and amenities as simple as toilet paper Oh. Subsequent studies led to the institute receiving a staggering $16 million Wow this reform not only affected Penhurst, but the entire system. Again, Trans-Allegheny, mm. Rolling Hills, mm-hmm. all of them, Dixmont, all of them.
2: Are those all in Pennsylvania?
1: No, 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 no. Oh, These are just my the most God. famous. Yeah, they're the most well. famous ones. Um, so, this reform not only affected Penhurst, but the entire system. The resulting studies conducted in the documentary's wake led to not only the release of 130,000 institutionalized individuals in the United States alone, but heightened awareness to the sensitivity to the plight of the mentally challenged. In a 34-year retrospective on Penhurst's unusual and absurd conditions, Bill Baldini proudly reminisced, Quote, there are a lot of people alive today that are a lot happier now than they would have ever been if no one ever took a look at Penhurst in 1968. My God! Wow! Because of this, this he got a tip and he went he to check it out. He got a tip and he wow. saved a bunch of lives. Mm-hmm. He saved a bunch of lives. That lawsuit that you were talking about was it Terry or Tracy Halderman? Terry Halderman. Terry Halderman. That was also a huge factor in it. Um, a lot of lives were saved and made better because of this man and his documentary. Um, patients being called the children, like, that's degrading in and of itself. Yeah. It's just terrible. So, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with Bill Baldini that there are a lot of people alive today that are a lot happier now than would ever have been if no one had taken a look yeah. at it. Mm-hmm. Without question. A, for a thousand percent. Um to that end, that is for those lucky enough to have lived to leave the place.
0: Oh
2: boy. Oh dear, can we?
1: <laughs> However, a lot of people died at Penhurst as well. So let's get into the hauntings. So, uh, the hauntings. Now, it is known as one of the most haunted locations in the world. It has been featured on every possible paranormal reality show ever. Numerous uh, cable channels have featured it on on their stations as well. In E Lifetime Channel, a lot of pain on the Lifetime Channel. <laughs> that I actually got from Billy Gardell's standup. Whoa. He talks about his wife living the Lifetime Channel. He's like a lot of pain
3: on the Lifetime Channel.
1: So hi, Billy Gardell. I'm sure he's a fan. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. He's he's wonderful, wonderful. and he's from Pittsburgh. Some of the most famous and documented activities are of a child who likes to play with a Fisher-Price airplane, a nurse who haunts the former art room and makes people feel like they are being stabbed in the chest with a syringe. Oh. Mm. What
2: a lovely lady.
1: Right? I mean, Nurse Ratchet, if I ever heard of one. <laughs> right? Which, by the way, I do want to see that on Netflix. I'm sure I do. I love Sarah Paulson and Ryan Murphy. Anyway. Um... <laughs> There is also a little girl who likes to dart into corners, and a man who still sits in the common room. Shadow figures, whispers, footsteps, screams, people get touched, pushed, scratched, equipment, battery, drainage, drain, drain, what is the word? Drainage. Wow. Wow. Good Equi- job. Thank you. <laughs> equipment, battery, drainage on the reg, and a mess of fucking EVPs are caught. Super fucked up ones, As well, but more on that later. Like, these EVPs, Archie, are fucked
0: up. Not like Carrie's gotten herself into trouble, and who cares? I
1: personally, I mean, that was terrifying, but I personally think this would be scarier. So, more on that later. Okay. Uh, EMF spikes. The feeling of being watched, of being stalked, and even sounds of vomiting. Throughout the buildings in the location.
2: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> so you name it, and this place has it in spades.
2: It's you ever hear laughter?
1: Yeah, um, yes, but not nice laughter. Crazy laughter. Mm-hmm. Cackling, creepy laughter. Figures. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, guys, for this episode, um, for the purposes of this episode, I'm actually going to focus on just a handful of investigations that I came across simply because there are so many um, investigations that have been done there and evidence that has been caught that this would have to be a multiple-part show. As it is, it's one of our longest episodes so far. We are at an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I'm only focusing on um, uh, just a handful of investigations that I came across that I thought were really um, remarkable, uh, but yeah, I mean, really, just do a, a simple Google search of, of Penhurst Asylum Hauntings. You're gonna find a lot of shit about the haunted house, but also there's a number of YouTube channels and um, you know cable channels that have done uh, investigations on this place. Netflix. <laughs> I actually think there might be Netflix. There might. I think there's a movie. And I think I talk about it in my part. I can't remember the name of the movie right yet. Anyway. So, the first investigation I'm going to talk about that I came across was really great. Um, I've never heard of this group. Um, They are on YouTube. Their YouTube channel is called Paranormal Quest. So, um, this was a really cool one and it's basically a group of guys that has this awesome channel on YouTube. They went in and investigated the asylum for a night along with one of Penhurst's official paranormal investigators, which I forgot to mention. The asylum actually has its own on-staff dedicated oh, paranormal investigation team that are their official sanctioned paranormal investigators. Wow. And they are the ones that take like guests and and like, you know, If you and I wanted to go investigate it, they would be the ones that we would contact. So they're in charge of all of that. Okay. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, Archie's filing that away for future reference.
1: There you go. There you go. Good job. Thanks. Um, So (laughs) throughout their night, um, when they were in Devon Hall, and Devon Hall, um, Archie, you had mentioned it, but I don't know if you mentioned the square footage. It's massive. It's 100,000 square feet, just this
3: one building.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They caught a child's moans that they also heard, so they, it was a Class A EVP, and Mom, I don't oh, know wow. if you remember, or you probably, I don't think she was there for that episode, but it, EVPs are, are in different classes, and a Class A EVP is something that the investigators, m- more than one, hear with their own ears and also capture on a recording, and that's considered a Class A EVP, which are, they're very rare. So, they caught a child's moaning. No. Thank you. But not surprising um, Breathing A lot of breathing A lot of like <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah Moaning like that Yeah <laughs> Good job oh Yeah Just like that I, Oh see she's participating Oh right, yeah. <laughs> so you're the live studio audience <laughs> um, And s- here's an interesting one Singing They got singing And heard it and, Whoa uh, What?
2: Singing and what?
0: Um, they, and they heard it They oh, caught They caught it. They caught they, singing on the recording And, and they, they heard, heard the singing Yeah That would be
1: I don't know what that would be Who ran the world right, I don't think it was Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> So um, Now there is a janitor there That is reported to spend his time In the Rockwell Tunnel And um, he's pretty negative toward women um, he does like when women are like investigating and on the tours,
0: but only to fuck with them. Okay, so are we speaking of an actual person? We're talking about that's a, a, janitor? a janitor, a dead janitor, or a oh, okay, a dead it's a dead oh. janitor. That, that's kind of a sorry. Okay.
1: Was, that, that was <laughs> a, <laughs> They
0: have a misogynist janitor work in the halls. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, that's a fair point. I'm sorry. But at the same time, you guys heard me describe this place. She asked why it was still standing, and you thought they had a janitor, like a live janitor working right, right,
4: there? Well, okay. <laughs> I didn't really think
1: that much into it. <laughs> dead janitor.
0: Okay. He's dead, sorry. But that was. He's not really doing much to clean up the place. Is
1: not it? at all. In fact, he's. He's he's he, well. He's why I'm doing
0: a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh lord! Those
2: guys can be so hard to get any work out of. I mean,
1: those dead janitors. Janitors are alive. God damn! Tell you Your what, work
2: ethic is, <laughs> not is just
1: not. Anyway, there is a dead janitor and the ghost of this dead janitor. I mean, like the dead janitor's a zombie janitor. <laughs> I guess I feel like I should be even more specific.
2: Sp- well, I thought the
1: same thing Arthur did. <laughs> the spirit of a former janitor. Thank you. Okay. There we go. That's good. He is reported to spend his time <laughs> in the <laughs> <rug>. Fuck. That's <laughs> what happens so when I it. do a podcast with a historian and my mother.
2: <laughs> Be specific. Especially when you're talking about janitorial glass house. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh, thank you for getting rid of the crinkle toy.
2: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There is this spirit of a janitor That is reported to spend his time In the Rockwell Tunnel And is negative toward women uh, He is called the king And I will do more on him later But Oh god In this area The, the group at uh, Paranormal Quest They caught on the spirit box Which ours just arrived today And <laughs> um, They caught on the spirit box a voice saying one of their investigators' names, Jason. Except that the voice said it in Jason's voice. Whoa. And Jason was in a completely different building on the other side of the property.
2: Boy, your voice was really
0: ultra-creepy.
1: Thank you, because I find this really ultra-creepy.
0: That, wow.
1: So essentially, Arch, it would be like... Um, you hearing me say Carrie in my voice, or me saying, or me hearing the spirit box capture Archie in your voice, and knowing you were on the other side of the property on six hundred and thirty-three acres?
0: Okay. <sighs> yeah, that's that's, that's not nuts, cool. That's yeah. Nuts.
1: So. Um, This is a common occurrence at Penhurst Asylum. Um, There have been a number of accounts I've read that stated that they too have had EVP and spirit box sessions where voices come through in that of the actual people visiting and investigating there. So to that end, um, I'm going to talk more about that because it's pretty fucked up. So, um... (laughs) Let's talk about the investigation that Ripley's Believe It or Not did.
0: No? Oh.
1: You think Ripley's is a bunch of hooey?
0: I think I think Tater has said his piece.
1: Do, do you have more to say, buddy?
0: Can he cite sources?
1: Can you cite sources? No? Okay.
0: No. Okay. All right. Well, then zip it. Moving
1: on. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not did um have an article on their website that I found really fascinating after I got over my initial oh this is garbage. Right. <laughs> and then I read the article and I'm like, Whoa. This is it was actually really quite quite good. So let's see what you guys think after I tell you about their investigation. Okay. So they sent a team to Pennhurst in October twenty nineteen, so one year ago. Oh wow. Almost a year ago. For but yeah. For from
0: the date of this recording.
1: Yes. Um, so among the tools that they used was the ghost box, also known as the spirit box, which we just got delivered today. Again. <laughs> and the echo box. So one of the guys... So, all right. I'm going to be throwing out a bunch of names in this segment, part of my, my part. Um, I don't expect you to remember them, but just uh, for, you know purposes of the copy and paste that I did Um,
0: (laughs) react as how we see fit as you see
1: fit yes so one of the guys in the investigative group his name is Flip (gasps) you know a Flip? you dated a Flip (laughs) you do the flip I mean what's happening here? (laughs) I I have once into a pool oh wow also you do it with your hair sometimes you're like flip flip Oh! oh. <laughs> he just did. His headphones fell just off. Flipped yeah, my, headphones just flipped my.
0: Just flipped my headphones. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Please continue. This is a, girl, was
1: a per- professional podcast. <laughs> oh! Bingo oh. 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 R- <laughs> square. <laughs> now he's holding his nose like he can control it. That my whole way. face. <laughs> oh, he's red. Look how red he got.
2: Okay, move along.
1: <laughs> Sorry. She just wants to look at my red
2: face.
1: <laughs> Take a picture. I'll put, a, put it on social media. No, we're not. Okay, so flip what Archie does into a pool and with his hair. And with my hair. With my, oh, it's whip my hair. Back and forth. All right, Get a straight. Harry. God. Sorry. I'm, sorry. Uh. I'm 43. I don't know Willow Smith much. <laughs> I did know who sang that song, so there's that. <laughs> so flip explains the ghost box or the spirit box. Um... So, Mom, here's essentially what it does, because when we just got ours delivered today, she was like, what does this do? And so I was kind of trying in my dumb, bumbling way to explain it to her, but this is a really succinct description. What it does is it uses sweeping radio waves. So you're giving the spirits a different kind of medium to carry their voice. It can, and they vary, but it can scan um, up to four channels per second So what you're looking for is responses coming through. Sometimes you get a couple of words together. Sometimes you get a full sentence. So this, I thought, was so succinct. Um, And for that to happen, each station would have to be broadcasting a piece of that sentence in the same voice at the same time in an order that makes a complete sentence, which is highly unlikely. So, Johnny chimes in. I've done ghost box sessions where it said every person's name in the room. Statistically, what are the chances of that happening?
0: Close to zero, I I would would imagine.
1: I would too. So, that's why the spirit box is one of my other favorite, um, top favorite pieces of paranormal investigative equipment next to the parabolic mic. So, it, it's that's what another one of my favorite pieces of um, paranormal investigative equipment because of those like requirements, the odds of, of four different channels or however many different cha- radio hmm. frequencies mm-hmm. that what no, that doesn't even for somebody who is like a staunch scientifically, you know backed, needs-all-the-evidence kind of person, that's hard to debunk. Mm -hmm. Don't you agree? I agree. Yeah. So, um, now, uh, Jamie uh, was there. (laughs) She was one of the girls in the group. She had a recollection of um, a time when her and her father uh, investigated Pennhurst, and she said, quote, one of the biggest things I got... Um, and that I get when we are together Is um, And she's, she says this And she's talking to her father Is your voice calling my name Or my voice calling your name So one of the people in the group said You've experienced spirits imitating the two of you uh, Which they both confirmed yes um, So <laughs> To which Chris The guy that asked the question uh, Was super creeped out And he said that sounds predatorial I don't like it. Mm. And I kind of have to agree. Think about it. If you...
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You no. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure.
1: That's... And I, I don't often... And I don't think you and I, in, in the 50 episodes prior to this, have ever covered a, a location where that has been one of the occurrences at the location. hmm That's terrifying. Yeah. Um. So... Uh Ashley, uh the main leader or the, the main person in the group, um, she said it could also be demonic. There's always a chance. Um, somebody else weighed in and said, Just like the real world, you pick up good people and you pick up bad people. There was a gentleman that joined them on their investigation and his name was Shaheen. Um and he was a local in is it Silver City, I think you said, I believe. Spring City? Spring Spring City. City. Spring City. He's a local of Spring City. He shared, quote, Also, imagine how much negative energy walked through here and how much negative energy has been brought here. People break in and they do things. They summon things and all of that's still here. Um, All the raw emotion that went through this place, it's ingrained in the walls. And then somebody else agreed, yeah, energy doesn't go away. And it doesn't. That's one of the first laws
0: of energy. <laughs> it's one of the fundamental laws of physics. Yes, energy is not... It can be transferred and moved. Yes, it but doesn't it, just go away. Exactly. Yeah. So earlier,
1: Ashley had actually <laughs> uh, cautioned the group that a lot of people like to break in and summon things that they don't know what they're summoning. So there's always the chance that you'll see some of these symbols on the walls I'm not a fan of it, but a lot of kids are into the occult. People like to have their fun with paranormal things, but don't necessarily know what they're getting themselves into. Mm. So, that is also tossed into the recipe that makes Mm. this place wildly Mm -hmm. haunted. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yuck. Barf. Fuck you. Gross. No. Um, So, let's go back to the king. Circle back to the king. That spirit of a dead janitor (laughs) Not a living misogynistic
0: janitor. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Just a misogynistic dead
1: janitor. Dead janitor, which is uh, worse, better. I don't even actually know what that would fucking be. But he is a menacing figure, and he is popular with paranormal enthusiasts who frequent Pennhurst. Um, Ashley had said, That um, the king was a maintenance worker here from the 40s or 50s. This was his domain, the boiler room. So I guess he was like, yeah, my mom's generation's Freddy Krueger, right? I guess so. I mean, he didn't get burned and he just had knives for fingers. Fingers for knives. (laughs) That would have made him less threatening. (laughs) Anyway, um, he was not very... (laughs) He was not very well liked, and he did not treat the patients well. Well, shocker. I mean, he's not a doctor. I mean, sure. Uh, Apparently, all the doctors didn't treat the patients (laughs) well either, so. (laughs) 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 Doctor, janitor, it seems like it was all the same. Um, She went on to say that sometimes you smell cigar smoke down here. He is known to come across on EVPs as a shadow figure and he'll even touch you Touch you. he is not a nice spirit and he does like the ladies um, again as I said in order to fuck with them and terrify them mm. yeah mm-hmm. so misogynistic dead janitor ghost
2: nice guy Yeah.
1: so um, the article went on to say all true believers the staff at Penhurst um, and anyone else um, investigators are well acquainted with the king Though they are uncertain of if he is a poltergeist or a demonic entity. Hmm. Uh, Ashley went on to say, nothing's ever escalated, knock on wood. Um, Past him just kind of messing with people. He comes across with a creepy laugh. So there's that laugh you were asking about. Um, He's told us his name, and we've even had full conversations on previous EVPs I have heard. So, apparently one time when she was feeling bold, she attempted to egg him on, which, what? Why? Why would you do that? I don't know. That is I genuinely something that I don't understand, and I, I am wholly opposed to. Don't egg on a spirit that you don't know what it is, who it is, or I, what it's capable of. Exactly, a thousand percent. Yeah. So, um, she once attempted to egg the king on, only to be met with a few expletives. <laughs> um, she said, quote, he was hovering right behind me. I could feel it. I asked, and he blatantly said, caught on an EVP, I'm behind you.
2: Mm-mm. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, horrible. Um, so now, Shaheen, who was the local, the the spring city, Local, why can't I not remember this town?
0: <laughs> well, it's a small town. <laughs> <laughs> between Philadelphia and Reading.
1: Oh, okay. Like, small, how small?
0: Very small. Oh, okay. Like, it's on the river. Population? I got Mr. Map on the keys. Three souths and... Three thousand three hundred twenty-three and two thousand ten cents.
1: Okay, that's that's super fucking small. Okay. Um, so anyway, he's a local here. He's one of the three thousand, however many people. Um, <laughs> he says, "We." He says, "Quote." We started off on the right foot uh, because I offered him a cigarette and asked him if he wanted to smoke. He said yes. Fast forward ten minutes later, and he clearly did not want me in the room any longer. He would just repeatedly say, leave, leave, leave. To which Ashley confirmed it was constant, this EVP. Hmm. Um, So apparently, uh, (laughs) uh, trigger objects like cigars and cigarettes are left for the king to entice him to interact with groups. Apparently the tunnel is just littered with them to try to get this... This apparition to interact or to manifest and show himself. And it's, you know, like, Mm -hmm. get on out here and chat with us, y'all so and so. Y'all so and so.
2: God,
1: (laughs) have a cigar. Have a cigar. I mean, cigars, (laughs) cigarettes. So, Um, Jamie, the one who um, had said that her and her father had often had EVPs of, like, Um, someone calling out for her dad and her name and and it wasn't either one of them. She said that um, there was a female voice that they kept hearing and then the king would talk over the voice. We'd say, is he stopping you from talking? She was warning us. We heard the female voice say, run. She was trying to protect us, it seemed like. She was trying, Ashley recalls, but he was not letting her. Um, When asked what motivated them to leave the basement, Ashley tells us he threatened to choke us. So the local, Shaheen, said that, quote, Ashley asked one time, what would happen if Shaheen doesn't leave? And the king clearly said on AVP, choke. I could feel the the change in the temperature immediately. It wasn't just goosebumps. It was almost like I was in a bubble. I was frozen. Ashley readily agrees. It wasn't like we were in a cold front. It was like we were in a capsule of ice. Wow. So this guy is not one to be fucked with. And maybe he's cool with you in the beginning, but the minute he wants you gone, you better fucking go. It sounds like to me. Yeah. So um, it's not really a warm and cozy place. The actual author of the Ripley's Believe It or Not article, his name was Chris said quote the worst part about the hallways in my estimation aside from everything is (laughs) is that they're so long and narrow. There's all of these open door frames, some with nothing attached to the hinges. It feels like someone is going to reach out and grab you while you're walking down it. Because, again, let's think about this. Majority of paranormal investigations, even if it's in the daylight, some of these windows are boarded up. It's dark in there. hmm So you don't see down the hallway to... I- right. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Except I would never say that. I talk a lot of like, I'm so scared on this podcast, but I know if I were there, I'd be like, I'm terrified, but I'm still going to keep going down this stupid, crazy hallway. And probably, because I want to be a professional paranormal investigator, and they go toward the creepy sounds. You have to do it. Or you get thrown out of the club. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) And I want to be in the club. So anyway, um, which, by the way, speaking of the hallways, Shane and Ryan of BuzzFeed investigated it. Oh, oh god! And, and yeah, and even Shane noted the hallways and how horrible and creepy they were, and specifically all the doorways. And how he was like, oh my god. He's like, nobody in their right mind would walk down in this hallway, but here I go. Hi, I'm coming a lo- down the
0: hallway, come murder me. <laughs> do, do, do.
3: Yeah, you, know, you can just see it. Oh stand. god.
1: <laughs> um, so he even noted the hallways and how horrible and creepy they were, and he said that Ryan would hate it, and he was dead on, Ryan, right? Because he went, what they'll do is when they go to these places, they'll go to like the scariest part, and then they'll like each sit in the scariest part for like two to sometimes up to seven minutes they'll go sit in there by themselves and see what they can catch with the other one outside going like I can hear him in there talking he's talking and he's trying to he's scared I can hear him he's so scared and like one time Ryan was all I can hear you out there talking to the camera shut up I feel like like you're scaring me
2: (laughs) you're the one scaring me not anything else
1: yeah so Shane went down the creepy hallway first and Ryan was like at the outside of it and Shane was like, Ryan's going to hate this. And sure enough, Ryan was like, I'm going to die. Oh, my God. Like, it was it was really funny. Um, on their episode, throughout the night, they heard a frequent whispering noises and the sounds of footsteps echoing down the empty halls. They did try to make contact. Leia's snoring.
2: Well, she can't help fifth just we
1: choose. They did try to make contact with multiple spirits during their time there with the spirit box session. Uh, during the spirit box session, an investigator, um, I can't remember who it was, I think it was probably Shane, uh, asked for an entity to repeat his name back to him and got a successful response, even though Shane immediately was like, well, that's garbage. It was probably just on a radio station that got picked up. <laughs> like ever, the skeptic is shame. <laughs> yeah, um, they also recorded voices saying strange things about a man called Jeff, uh, including a female voice who said, "Jeff, please, Jeff," on the spirit box. Um, and when they were asked for a name, the, like who's talking, the voice responded with Bree. So, during that same session, a little bit later, investigators asked who was in the room with them, and distinctly, a male voice responded. Jeff. And it it, it, it you watch the episode it, they do capture it you do hear it but you know according to Shane it just happened to be what it you know picked up on the one radio station.
0: Are you mm-hmm. following asleep? Fair. No, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. I swear.
1: Okay. Cuz your eyes were closed for like a minute. <laughs> oh, feedback. <laughs> So, anyway... That was uh, BuzzFeed's experience... But back to the, the Ripley investigation... So... Despite their best efforts... Um, they did a fucking seance session... Downstairs with the dead janitor guy... God... yeah, I, I...
4: I don't even know... Mm-hmm. Um, apparently...
1: Uh, he was done with them... And he they didn't get anything... So... Um, <laughs> the, uh, Jamie and Chris... Um, went back upstairs... And when they went back upstairs... The rest of the group was in what seemed to be like confusion and disarray. Like everybody was like frantic and just kind of running around. Um, So the other three asked Jamie and Chris, or the other four rather, if they had heard, or if they had been playing music downstairs during their investigation. Uh, The kind that sounds like a tune coming from an old-timey music box. Um, Because they said that They heard it, but as suddenly as it had appeared, it had stopped, and then they walked upstairs. So they just thought they were playing this music box. Hmm. Um, And then they were like, no, no, no. But But then there it was again, and they all heard it. There was no mistake about it. The tune was from a music box audibly playing, and it was coming from upstairs. So Jamie asked, where is that coming from? And they followed the trail. The article says the further we went upstairs, the louder it became. The music was becoming loud enough to wake the dead as we weaved around tight corners and trampling over the rickety staircase. Continuing the rushed climb, the unexplained piano music built into a crescendo as we cleared the second floor, scrambling to chase its trail to the only possible source, the third and final floor. As the crew approached, approached,
0: what? Approached. I think you
2: mean approach.
1: Thank you. as the crew did what she just said (laughs) the top floor uh, Shaheen asked did you guys leave the light on upstairs sure enough there was inexplicably but I can't say I approached inexplicably whatever I hate myself Um, (laughs) there was inexplicably a light on upstairs that was out when they last investigated the area The mystery and the music's volume both grew exponentially, resonating throughout the halls as they sped around the corner of the third floor and final landing. Just as we laid eyes upon the floor, unquestionably, unquestionably, the music's source just stopped. It's gone. And just like that, the music that had just a moment prior been at its loudest was suddenly no more. There wasn't even an echo in the building that it hit you know, like you mm. there's an echo, mm-hmm. you shut a loud music No, Right. Dead silence. Wow. So, later the crew heard music again in the basement. Like the floors above, no audio source could be detective. A detective. No audio source could be a
0: detective. What? Detective? I and, can't be
1: a detective either.
0: Audio source can be whatever it wants.
1: <laughs> it's twenty-twenty, goddammit. You be you. Um <laughs>
0: Like the floors above, no audio
1: source could be detected. Jesus. Attempting to follow its source in the basement led to sudden stops and variations as if something was attempting to lure the party into the building's deepest, darkest depths. Ooh. Yeah. But also, I'd be there. <laughs> so. Where did I go wrong? I. You didn't go wrong. You just raised me to be an inquisitive child and adult.
2: This is really mean, all her I fault. Did you mean to? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: might have overdid that part. <laughs> so let's talk real briefly about the world's biggest ghost hunt. Um, this was a show that was produced by Annie. Oh, which, by the way, sorry, I'm not, the the Ripley's paranormal part of it is over. So, what do you guys think of their investigation? I mean, as far, for Ripley's, believe it or not, like you would have just immediately just
0: immediately just brushed it off. garbage. Yeah. But it was very thorough. It
1: was interesting. It mm-hmm. was very interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, and they had a bunch of different people um, that had investigated it previously. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a really good article. Um, but let's talk about the world's biggest ghost hunt. Oh,
2: yes, let's. Yes. Huh. So this
1: was a show that was produced by Annie where five paranormal investigators spend two weeks locked down inside Penhurst Asylum.
2: Oh,
0: God. Last no year way. in October. We are not doing that.
2: Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
0: We are not doing that.
1: <laughs> Archie is putting his foot put down.
0: We are not doing that. <laughs> No
1: way. Oh my god. Not
0: happening. No way. No how. Okay. Fine. You can do it. You're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's crazy. (laughs) Go have your two weeks. Send me a text when you're out. (laughs) Yeah. If you ever get out. Yeah, I I think two weeks
1: might be a a touch long for Mm. me too. <laughs> so, fine. We won't do it. Um, anyway, five paranormal investigators spent two weeks locked down inside Penhurst Asylum last year in October. A uh, lot of really cool shit happened last year in October, apparently. Apparently, um, one of them was a mechanical engineer. Oh, by the way, this source came from Daily Mail. Also. Uh, oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. Daily Mail does tend to... I mean, it was the U.S. news part,
0: so they tend to just sort of, like... These are what the stupid Americans are doing now. Basically.
2: Basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um,
1: so one of the investigators was a mechanical engineer by the name of Austin George, and um, he appeared to choke and keel over before being carried out of Penhurst Asylum by two others. Moments before the alleged chilling moment, he claimed to feel, quote, heavy chills, and he yelled, quote, I feel like he's on my back. Rosebud.
2: <laughs> rosebud. <laughs> Bud.
1: I've never seen that movie. Is that
2: what oh, happens?
1: You no, is that oh, what happens? Does somebody God. climb on his back and then he dies in no. his rosebud?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they- Lance, stop digging into the couch. He dies in bed
1: and says, "Rosebud."
2: And he has the
1: wasn't that the name of his snow
2: globe in his hand. Wasn't that the name of his blanket or his sled or something? His wagon, I think so. (laughs) And he's looking at the snow globe and he goes, "Rosebud." rosebud." Yeah, no, it has nothing to do with it. Okay, okay. Anything, yeah, anything at all? Okay. Anything at all?
1: Craig.
0: Nothing to do with anything at all.
1: So, okay, so we just did a total It's the Daily Mail. I
0: had to put <laughs> it out there. Sidebar. <laughs> they're so full of shit. But I, I do have it to every do what day. I can.
1: Every day. Well, a lot of their stuff they they tend to um, I don't want to say pilfer, but they tend to borrow like we do <laughs> information from other news sources. So they're not always but full of shit, but. <laughs> This one, actually, A&E had to put a statement out about this particular instance. So this was Ooh, legit. That's why A&E, the channel that put on The World's Biggest Ghost Home, they had to release a statement about this. Oh, okay. So that's why I included it. Uh, the rest I didn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. God. Mechanical engineer Austin George appeared to be choked and keel over before having to be carried out of Penhurst Asylum. He said that he claimed to feel heavy chills and yelled, I feel like he's on my back. <coughs> Rosebud. he didn't say that anyway um, (laughs) before he stumbled (laughs) um, so he says I'm not kidding I have to leave Um, he said before stumbling through one of the corridors as another yells to the crew call a medic Mm. yeah yeah so that was actually a legit thing Um, and they had to obviously unlock the hospital and let them out because the paramedics had to get this guy Wow. Because he had a, a, some sort of a breakdown. I don't... Nervous, mental, physical, I'm not really sure.
2: Or all three.
1: All three yeah. at the same time. I, I'm not really no. sure. But... So that was a legit thing. Um, okay, so... Again, a, a number of shows have been recorded and, and made about Penhurst Asylum. And one of them that I thought was really cool, and I think it was on Lifetime... Not a pain on the Lifetime channel. <laughs> uh, and uh, this show is no different. It was called The Haunting Of, and it was different celebrities that would share their paranormal experiences. So Beverly Mitchell um, had an episode of this show, The Haunting of Beverly Mitchell, and she played, I think, the younger daughter or one of the younger I don't know. I've never watched a show. of Seventh Heaven? Do you ever see that, anybody? i
2: never watched it. I remember it was on.
1: Yeah, it was on. Yeah, I
2: remember when it was on. Yeah, I so
1: she played one of the daughters on that show. And she, in 2014, some early 20-teens, she filmed a movie with uh, <laughs> Michael Rooker, who was... Um, oh,
2: yeah, Michael Rooker. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You, you know him as Quill's blue face yeah. honorary dad on Guardians of the Galaxy. I know him... As um, uh, Mary Poppins, <laughs> wait, yeah, Mary, Pop- <laughs> Not Mary Poppins, y'all, that guy. Um, but I know him as Merle, on Daryl's brother on The Walking Dead. Um, uh, yeah, he was also in Tombstone. Archie, have you seen the movie Tombstone? No. Okay, well, he was Must in the-
0: you bring it up every time? <laughs> like, literally every, every time.
1: Opportunity. <laughs> he played a member um, of the Clanton gang in the movie Tombstones. But anyway, she was in this movie with Michael Rooker, who directed it, and they filmed it. I think it was called Asylum of the Dead, um, and they filmed it at Pennhurst. Oh, so, dude. Oh,
2: whoops. I mean, that's creepy. Yeah.
1: So, um... Yeah, super creepy. Um, <laughs> but um, while she was there, they were filming in the Mayflower Building. And the Mayflower Building is also reportedly one of the most haunted buildings in the entire campus yeah, of Pennhurst. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's um, cause, Because a lot of the, like, abuse and atrocities happened in this building. So... They were filming in the building, and I—I don't—I saw it a while ago, and I really—I hunted all over for the full episode of this show mm. so that I could watch it again, so that I could, you know, talk about it on the podcast. But I only found one YouTube channel that showed the full episode, and it was in German <laughs> <laughs> with you German me, I know. with German subtitles. Oh, so no man, man, it's even it. better. This isn't going to help me. Um, but anyway. The basic gist was she had a terrifying paranormal experience in the Mayflower building in this one particular room, which I think at the time was used as, like, a recreational room. Um, there's a chair in this room where I had mentioned earlier in the start of my part where there's a guy that sits um, in this chair just kind of observing everybody from the common room. That's mm. this room. Okay. And she was told in very specific manner uh, very violent and aggressive manner to leave and get out and don't come back. And um, fortunately, it, it happened toward the end of the filming so that then she actually could, because otherwise, you know, right. lose your job kind of a right. situation. <laughs> um, so that she was like, I. I the The prim- whole premise of the show Is these paranormal experiences That celebrities have experienced That have changed their lives And this was hers mm. So they do this show And um, it's with a psychic medium By the name of Kim Russo I believe um, And Kim goes and she either talks with the celebrity or she takes them back to the location where they had their experience and so she took Beverly Mitchell back to Penhurst Asylum
0: That's Oh wow!
1: yeah <laughs> and <laughs> she the Beverly Mitchell actually says in the car on the way back she's like I swore I was never coming back here and here I am going back um so the the psychic was picking up all kinds of crazy stuff that she didn't know about that had actually happened like she walked past this like empty field and she's like I'm getting the images of flames and that actual that particular building had actually burned to the ground. Hmm. So yeah, it was it was really quite amazing. Um and and that's where the uh the psychic Kim had taken Beverly into the room. Where she had had this like entity or this whatever tell her to get the fuck out and don't come back. She took her back into it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe Kim Russo is related to um, Zach Bagans in some way because he loves to do that shit. (laughs) But um, that's when they saw that man sitting in the chair that sits in the common room and just kind of watches people. Um, if you guys can find the episode, if you belong to some sort of subscription service for Lifetime shows, I, I highly recommend it. It was fascinating to watch. Um, this poor, poor actress. My oh, God. Oh God. Yeah, but it was it was great. Uh, well, for me oh, to watch. Gosh. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for her. Oh, no. okay. I loved it. That was the best. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Anyway, um, some of, like, my most final accounts that I came across that I thought was worth mentioning was Shore Paranormal Research Society, um, they found a bunch of interesting phenomena at Pennhurst. Apparently, while they were investigating, they recorded multiple EVPs of voices urging and threatening them to leave, unexplained noises, EMF spikes throughout the campus uh, One of the most active areas During their investigation was the Quaker building uh, Apparently in this building Many shadowy figures are said to manifest Including that of a little girl A hunched man And many upper portions of bodies Floating around Oh. Yeah so again so these upper portion. Yeah again these dismembered Excellent. ghosts Are Excellent. just mm, Yeah Um Um Apparently, doors and rocking chairs have said to move on their own and objects have been thrown by unknown forces. While there, the team um, one of the team's investigators was pushed hard enough that a bruise was left on their back, while another investigator was scratched on the arms by something unknown. So that's a, another common thing to happen in penners is physical assault as far as, like, shoving being scratched mm. uh, far more beyond the whole like, just, like touching your hair or your arm or, yeah. Um, One other paranormal investigation team um, also had successful EVPs and spirit box sessions, um, and while during them, they felt as if they were being touched or choked while inside the buildings of Penhurst. Many have caught shadows darting across halls and experienced feelings of profound sadness and agony, agony and utter helplessness. Not surprising. No, that's not surprising at all. At all. Um, (laughs) The article said, quote, one lucky individual uh, was able to make contact during an EVP session with what is believed to have been her uncle who had died at the facility. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. Um, The sounds of dragging metal chains and vomiting coming from empty rooms is not all that uncommon either. Charming. Charming. Sounds like such a quaint
2: Charming is not a a word I would use to describe that place. Not
0: at at all, but... With sarcasm. Oh. Oh, Yes, I I, I realize that. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, in closing, I want to say that it truly does seem that those who visit Penhurst, that, you know, the paranormal is the reality there. Uh, Whatever the case is, many unexplained and intriguing phenomena... Phenomena... Do,
3: do, 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 do. There it is.
1: Phenomenal. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> have occurred at Penhurst, And uh, though the facility has been investigated thoroughly many times, there is much unexplained evidence that still remains. So what I do want to say is that if you do have the opportunity to visit, there are some things to, you should be mindful of. Um, and this, reply, you know, for you and me, not, not for two weeks, we won't go for we'll go for it, just like a night, I promise, I swear to God.
0: For a night.
1: A night, yes, I swear, I told you.
0: <laughs> two, two weeks later,
1: we emerge. <laughs> no way. <laughs> not
2: happening.
1: No, that won't happen, I swear. Anyway, um, so there are some things that I want you to be mindful of. Uh, they do have se- full security, full time security patrolling it around the clock. Uh, so many of the buildings I- um, on the entire 633 acres are in bad shape. Some are outright condemned. So go to it legitimately. Like you can request to investigate it, they, mm-hmm. they don't mind mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Do it legitimately. Um, and only go to the buildings that are open to the public. Some of those buildings, they the owners don't and staff don't even go in because they can't. It's literally condemned. So mm-hmm. don't try it. Um, because, you know, it is such a huge location that it actually is conceivable. If you were to go to a condemned building on the property and you became injured or you got trapped, you might not be found for a while. And you might become one of the ghosts. You might become one of the ghosts. So don't. Be responsible, be smart, guys. Just go to. There's more than enough that's open to the public. Um, don't poke around in a building that's condemned. It's condemned for a reason, not through in your goddamn fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, people still still do get into Penhurst Asylum. Um, homeless. Squatters, etc. So, do be mindful of that and never, ever, ever go alone. Never go anywhere alone if you're doing a paranormal investigation at night. One of my favorite things to remember about investigating is that while it can be dangerous and scary, people do have entities attack and attach to them. Uh, the living are actually far more dangerous. Uh, they are the biggest threat to an investigator who is walking around dark buildings at night. So, um, Go never go by yourself uh, go with other people and just be kind of mindful that you never know you might walk into a, a part of, a, of an abandoned building where you know there's the living are there mm-hmm. um, so always really be careful with that I, um, from Paranormal Quest's uh, video that they did and I talked about them in the beginning of my part uh, the, so I had mentioned that Pennhurst has it's own official team of paranormal investigators the paranormal investigator said that, um, it was not uncommon for, um, especially in the years following, uh, the closure of Penhurst Asylum. It wasn't uncommon. The band, the building set of sat abandoned for 20 years, but they would often find, um, homeless people s- squatting in the building for, you know, just mm-hmm. four walls and a roof to be, a roof to be over their heads. What they found was that a lot of them were former patients, because once they closed the facility, yeah, a lot of them were released they because didn't they didn't belong there. They, they didn't have anywhere. They to go. had
0: nowhere
4: else.
1: To go. It was their only home. Um, so they went back to Penhurst, and even though it was abandoned and and nobody was there, and there were no there was no electricity. That that's all they knew. Um, so I thought that was a really like it's very sad. It's heartbreaking. Sad, heartbreaking. Um, just, just awful. Um, but so yeah, um, I would imagine that hopefully a lot of those people have either, um, found other homes or, you know, they have, have passed on peacefully and they have crossed over. Um, but yeah, so just always keep that kind of thing in mind. Um, the living is far, a far bigger threat to paranormal investigators than the ghosts that they're investigating. So know before you go. It is located uh, at Bridge Street and Church Street in Spring City, Pennsylvania, zip code 19475. Um, You can also be a paranormal investigator of Penhurst Asylum, and bookings can be arranged by calling area code 484-886-6080. Guest investigators will arrive by 7 p.m. and explore their campus with a professional Penhurst paranormal investigator until 3 a.m. Which sounds amazing and wonderful, and I cannot wait to do that with Archie. For one night. Just one. (laughs) And lastly... (laughs) I'm having a hard time. So, and lastly, I do want to say, quote, But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Which is basically a way of saying that you should not stop children from going to Jesus because in their young, innocent state, they are much like the kingdom of heaven. Which is why Bill Baldini named his documentary that. And that's what I have on Penhurst Asylum. Okay.
0: That wasn't heavy at
1: all. The whole episode was heavy,
2: creepy.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Mom, talk to talk a little bit about your what you think of Penhurst and everything that you heard today.
2: Well, it was disturbing, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, there were people in there. I would imagine who suffered from the same problem that I have, which is a neurological disorder mm-hmm. that I've had since I was, I don't know, maybe five years old, six years old. Yeah. And their parents didn't know what to do with them. And, and it, it,
1: medicine so, didn't know what to do with yeah. them. Medicine had no so idea.
2: they were put in this place, and not treated with anything. I, I but mean, this is the tall supposition on my part.
1: I, no, I mean you're absolutely dead on right. That's that's how that's how they were treated.
2: They were yeah. Um and we And maybe there wasn't medication when they were put there, but
1: no there wa- there wasn't. Um and I actually think Arch when we talk about trans Allegheny we talked about how you know there was lobotomies performed, and there was all of these different types of treatment, water baths, and things like that, that ended once the that, those kinds of atrocities were brought to light. But also once the once the um, the creation, the development of like Thorazine and stuff like that was medication was mm-hmm. was um, created to alleviate the 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 symptoms of schizophrenia and things like that. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff that um doctors were just um trying all these barbaric tactics on and and, yeah. and, and
0: things like that and Well, and they didn't the have, was no different. They didn't have any other frame of reverence. I mean, at the time there was
2: I know when this we do? place open?
0: 1903.
2: Okay, so 1903. That was way that was 50 years before. Mm-hmm. More than 50. Yeah, before I was diagnosed. So I mean, medicine had come a long way since then.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and like I had said on um, one of our breaks that we took, the, they were putting people in insane asylums for, like, the most bullshit reason. Too much whiskey and wives mm-hmm. talking back to their husbands. <laughs> and um, what was some of the other more asinine shit? I can't even remember. Oh, oh God. women who read books too much. And, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: well, that was back in the day when women were supposed to be subservient and quiet and just do their thing, you know, have the babies and take care of the house and the husband and blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> Carry your
2: face. I get it. Like, I get it. I but, mean, you but know, at still. the same time, my parents were both born in that Era, Mm -hmm. they very could have and could very well have held those ideals. Well, yeah, but they they didn't. Thank thank God. God.
1: Um, Yeah, it 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 was an awful awful place. It was probably one of the worst. Um, I don't know, Arch. What do you do? You think Trans-Allegheny was worse or this one? I think.
0: Trans-Allegheny had the needle, the Mm -hmm. hot needle that, yeah, in the brain lobotomy. Yeah. Oh
2: my
1: God. Yeah.
0: I'm sure Penhurst
1: too. And that was
0: well, that was fifty or sixty years prior to Penhurst. Oh well, wasn't it? mm, I believe it was. I don't remember. It was like a third episode, I think. So they, I mean, I didn't read about any of that happening at Penhurst. Probably because
2: Probably a, it was, that
0: they figured yeah. out, oh no, this is really fucked up. You don't do that to people.
2: Except yeah. that, no,
1: except that Penhurst was way worse. I mean, they were keeping babies and infants and toddlers in cages for and, weeks at a time. Yeah. Well,
0: and the staff encouraging the others to combat themselves. Yes, yes. The
2: only thing with that, I mean, maybe at that time, you know, 1910 or whenever it was, what else did they... If they didn't have the staff to take care of a baby, a crawling baby, you know what a crawling baby does. They crawl, and they go everywhere. What are you going to do with them if you don't have enough people to take care of them? You put them someplace secure. A crib. In a cage. A crib. They, maybe, I don't even know if they had cribs
1: back they then. Actually, I don't think they actually <laughs> did. I mean, the staff was awful to them. There was a lot of reports of uh, patients being raped, patients raping oh each other. God. Yeah, I, I didn't
2: get into all of the horrible Oh, mess. thank God. Um, But it but was just, yeah. It could have been a sign of the times, you know. I mean, I mean and for sure, I think it for sure I prefer was. to think that it was. Anyway, I guess. Anyway,
1: so yeah, that was our anniversary episode. Oh, um, hey.
0: Whoopee.
2: <laughs> whoopee.
1: woo Yeah, I wanted to pick one of the most fucked up. Well, I'm... T-
0: <laughs> Leaving here oh, on a great it. note. Kudos.
1: Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Cheers, Clink, Cheers. but I've already <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. through all we my are... wine. Me too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, uh, Penhurst Asylum, one year anniversary episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. We have so much fun. So many cool new locations in store for you in our second year. Coming up, we have uh, Eloise Asylum. We have the... <laughs> Sorry, you don't have to be a part of that. Oh, my God! <laughs> we have the Devil Made Me Do It case, which is another Ed and Lorraine Warren case. It's mm-hmm. actually what it, the new movie, The Conjuring Three, is based on. Um, we have our live. Uh, we have our live uh, Phelps Dodge episode that we're recording in front of an actual like live audience. It's not just my mom. On location at the Phelps Dodge Hospital in Ajo so that that episode's coming up. We have um, we're doing a very special uh, election episode, and we're going to be covering. We're going to be covering the ghosts of the White House.
2: I think that's going to be really interesting. It's
1: really cool. It's going to be really cool. Is
2: Lincoln one of them? Yes, he is. I would think
1: so. Yes, he is. Um, And then we probably
2: really pacing up and down the halls now. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yes he is he is one of the ghosts um and then what else do we have oh uh we have um our Halloween episode is going to be coming out we're doing a really cool one with that and Archie and I uh, one of the gifts that I gave Archie for our anniversary is I booked us one of the most haunted hotels at the Jerram Ground Hotel <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to record our Halloween episode from there so um I'm not going to tell you what that topic's about. That but should
0: be interesting. It should be interesting. If we uh, catch anything. I know, because we've got the ghost
1: equipment coming in. It's nice. coming in. Just another one delivered today. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for one year of listening to us, supporting us, um, you know, letting us come to you every single week and tell you these histories and these hauntings of some of the most infamous, famous, and almost
0: famous locations throughout the world. And as usual, we can be found everywhere you enjoy your podcasts. Also on social media, at HOHpodcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram.
1: That's it. We, we we banished TikTok and, and Snapchat. Yeah, too we're, we're too old for we're that. Too
0: old. <laughs> we're
2: too for those young apps. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get wow. off my lawn. <laughs> you guys have really There
1: should be an point. app for people like us and it should be called Get Off
2: My Lawn. Oh, we I don't
1: know should what, do that. I don't know what it would be, like a social media app, I guess. I'm just where talking we, about those ripper sh- snappers. <laughs> share fake news. <laughs> <laughs> You talk about the son of a bitch that stole my cigarette and lighter off my patio in the middle of the day and then walked right by my window lighting it up. Oh. With the
2: right oh. lighter
0: around.
1: My cigarette and my lighter. I yeah, I did. I wanted to run off and be get, get Out of my Yard!
2: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how they, oh.
0: they just lean over.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, anyway, yeah. broad daylight. Oh. I hate my neighborhood. We're moving to Raleigh. Oh, That's all a, you need what to what know a about. Time.
0: Time. Yay! Okay. So anyway,
1: yes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks to everyone who makes this podcast possible. We love you all so very much. And Arch, here's to year two. What? Why? Why is everybody quiet? Here's to year here's two. two. Year number two. Yay! Oh, I thought he said I here's to, I thought he thought I said here's a YouTube. Here's to you too. Here's to you
0: too. No, Here's I to don't you. have a glass. Year two. Hi. Chink. chink. Yeah, high five. Oh, there we there go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> that was All right, we need five. to eat, so we're gonna go,
1: guys. Oh, um, we love you. <laughs> we got so much in store, and uh, remember, be safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. <laughs> bye, bye, guys. Are you say goodbye? Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs>